we gotta get you back. I have to get out. You have to make me feel normal. Okay, wait, wait, okay, okay. What, what, you what, have to are you make okay? me feel normal. Like, whoa, whoa, I need whoa. It. You just, you just went through something very traumatic, okay? I, I, I think you may be confused. You don't understand, Nico. You are the only one I can trust. Okay. No, no, stop. I thought you were my friend. I am your friend, but you're not being yourself right now. We still don't understand, understand what's happening to you. I spent my whole life trying to make up for one mistake. I did everything right. And I still ended up in hell. Zoe, we can help you. Frank said we can fix this. We just need more time. It's too late for that. You have no idea what you've done. But you will. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. Welcome to episode 104 of the Buzzkill Podcast, where tonight we're talking about... Deader is better. Yeah. What is dead should stay dead, and what isn't dead should be dead, and exactly. what's dead should be alive and shit. That, that's, very, that's very well said. That is that is the best description that I can give. That was the absolute worst. Oh, hey, I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And... And that tiny little voice you just heard was... Roommate Jen. Hey Jen, what up, Jen's girl? back. I was thinking. I thought Mike was gonna say something, but I think he was just pulling a splinter out of his ass um, or something. No, I don't really no, actually know okay. what was happening. You know, you actually do know what's happening. Oh yeah, I do know what's I happening. I thought I thought I got all these out. Apparently, they're still stuck in me. Um, <laughs> Isn't the first time? <laughs> actually, actually, I have don't. that problem too. <laughs> actually. <laughs> Oh man! Actually, you don't explain yours no, because I'm I want to just—I just want to leave it at, at, at what it sounds like. You should explain yours though. So, Jen, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, my pants don't fit. Can't drink. It's been a lovely time for the last five months because I'm five months pregnant. Oh! oh. She's Who's uh, the lucky father, Jay? Oh, Jem. <laughs> It's all of us. We all we all had a little circle jerk inside Jen's. Uh. Oh, that is crass, sir. Oh Welcome God. to the Buzzkill Podcast. It's, it's true, some, but it's crass. I need some earmuffs for this poor baby. So basically, we have a we have a running bet going. When it pops out, whoever it looks the most like uh, will be daddy. That's it. That's how that's how that's how we figure it out. <laughs> Congratulations, Jennifer. <laughs> it's just going uh, to be an amalgamation you. of all of our faces, and it's going to be the ugliest kid on the face <laughs> oh, of the earth. That's, that's oh, what's going to happen. God. That sounds like a horror movie in and of itself. <laughs> all I can, I, I just hope that it gets Jay's talent, and it should be all right. Yeah. <laughs> and if my fiance is listening, we did not have a super joke. <laughs> <laughs> and if my wife's listening, listen, you know the deal. So. <laughs> you knew what this was. Anyway, Jen's pregnant. It's exciting. Yeah. What are you trying to pull out of yourself? Um. So I um, I went. To, I'm trying to sell my car right now, and I decided to give it a nice clean down because you know every clean car sells better than a dirty car. Oh, is that a fact? Uh, that's a fact. Hmm. And uh, as I was cleaning, I backed my leg into my cactus. <laughs> and I have prickers 
all over my leg that I didn't realize until I got to the car dealership today. And I'm sitting in the car dealership <laughs> with, I'm going to move my leg. Like, why does it hurt so much? And I went to go scratch my leg and I got like a handful of spikes. It's like the real tiny thin ones mm -hmm. on my palm. I'm like, uh, mother, I, I thought I got them all out. And I'm feeling a couple more that are stuck in my legs. Now, wait a minute. So <laughs> you try to tell me we live in Michigan and you got a cactus? I do. I got a huge cactus. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a euphemism. <laughs> Euphony, euphemism? That's not that word. Isn't it? It's euphemism. Euphemism. It's not that either. Oh, speaking, speaking of which, uh, like like 10 episodes ago, you made fun of me for saying the word chromosomal. That's how you say it. Did I? You kept trying to tell me it's chromosomal. It's not. It's chromosomal. Oh. So I don't you remember that. your M's and your N's. <clears throat> I don't remember that. Clearly, like this, he, is, like this when has he bothered says, you for like 10 weeks. Like when he says dichotomy. <laughs> They do look similar. One just got a little extra Humpty Dumpty out there. <laughs> he can't Shut up, helps. you guys. You suck at words. I do. Um, all right, anyway, We're so tonight, uh, yeah, talking about some dead things. Playing playing with our dead stuff. Playing playing God, really. Playing God. People trying to play God, and it goes poorly? It go Very, very yeah. poorly, in yeah. fact. Definitely goes awry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say if uh, things are dead, probably leave it that way. Yep. Because you don't know what you're bringing back with you. Well, I mean... I mean, like, if if somebody dies and you can resuscitate them, then maybe it's a good idea. <laughs> but maybe it's not. Situational. Based on these, based Situational. On these movies, maybe it's really yeah. not a good idea. Like, if it was you, I'd be like, listen, it's his time. It's like, Mike, but he's still breathing. <laughs> no. No. Just let him go. No, just let him go. <laughs> pass, pass into the night, dear that friend. Water, that water that's in his lungs, just leave it there. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it's the way it's meant to be. Well, besides all that darkness, what have you guys been doing? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Like I said, being you're crazy week. You're trying to sell trying your to car. Trying to sell a car, yep. Helping your girlfriend uh, remodel her, her duplex. Yep, yep. And anything else? Nothing uh, exciting? I, it, between, between that, between this and band stuff got a show tomorrow mm. so it's just been busy just been super busy every week going out doing something what do you got used to playing with uh what pretty well known band tomorrow love glove the love glove we are playing with a band called powery love i wouldn't say that they're extremely well known but like they play they play the festival circuit a lot with a lot of the other bigger bands like mm -hmm. they're they're kind of like that career opener that is just fun for yeah. people to see but when they tour on their own it tends to be a little bit I don't want to say lackluster, but really, have you ever <laughs> been to one of their? They don't have the draw on their own. Have you ever been to one of their headlining shows? No, I've seen pictures. Well, you're going to be at a headlining show. I will see show it tomorrow, tomorrow so, so I will we'll see how a, it goes. I will have a nice uh, rundown of it next week. We'll see how it goes. It's basically exciting, nonetheless. Basically, they're a metal band who plays uh, Nintendo songs. Yeah, well, not specifically they Nintendo, play video but game, video game, video game songs. cover songs. Yeah, in, in metal. and they have and they dress up in guar type costumes, yeah. and uh, they're they're pretty awesome. Pretty cool. <laughs> so, what have you been up to, Jay? Just doing the thing, man. Uh, just mixed out a new banger for Rich Satterfield the other day. Oh, mixing bangers? Yeah. Cool. Nice. I put some some metal bass drops mixed in with country music and banjos. So that saw, was exciting. I saw you post about I, it. I've never really heard that done before, so pushing the envelope a little bit. Jay That's is really a revolutionary. And, uh, yeah. So that, so that turned out cool. Been a, it's also a busy time of the year because this. even though I run my own business at this time of the year, I help my dad with his business mm -hmm. when he does a lot of... Um, work at the schools before they open every year mm -hmm. um so he needs an extra hand during that time so it's like bust ass all day long helping with him and then get to the studio and bust ass all night long wake up a few hours later and do it again so in case you haven't picked up on this the rogers family is a family of entrepreneurs 
And then also your mom just knows how to get free shit for she some does. reason. That's she's awesome. incredible. She does, not as in she takes it, like steals it, but no. <laughs> you're like, no, they're just, she's like, like oh, we're, we're going to that concert. Let me call up and see if they got a free suite for you guys. It's funny and too, because she literally just like, she does what nobody else thinks to do. She'll just call and ask and they'll be like, oh yeah, we got some free stuff we can give you. Like, <laughs> how many times have we gotten ticket or you've gotten, I've gone to a few things that we weren't even supposed to go to. We went to that Jay Leno yeah. thing that was only supposed to be for the UAW people, but there we were, bunch of hacks in, in a suite which Sitting they weren't suite. Off, which they weren't offering to anybody. We we're the only people that had a suite there. Wow. Yes, yes. I haven't uh, had a I haven't had a big week. Had to just sink seven hundred fifty bucks into my car for the ugh. transmission. All your trans went. Yeah, well, my uh, the converter was like the weld on the converter was leaking. Ah. I say that like I know what the hell that means, but I don't. And. Uh, that's about it. Other than that, just working on my my new leather hobby. Yeah, making making bondage stuff. You made that you know? sweet sheath. <laughs> I made uh, Mike's dad a sheath. I just made uh, our buddy Alex, who's been on the show a few times. I made him a sheath, and that was actually my first paid gig. He paid me for it. Whoa! Yeah, so I'm I'm officially making money by doing leather things. That's awesome, yeah. man. It you looks t- great. What's that? Yeah, it looks thanks, great, man. You thanks. made a, you made a big sheath for my dad. We're already talking oh, about that. You were just looking at the phone. Yeah. So. <laughs> you made a big sheath for my dad. I did. <laughs> oh, we, we he, came he across some. I would love to, I would love to speak about it on here, but yeah, I, but we we'll, can. we'll leave it. It's funny. <laughs> Inside joke. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. Well. We didn't really ask her what's going oh, on, but we, we pretty much know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm, I'm just pregnant. Pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so what you been up to last week? Got pregnant. By the way, it's five months now. <laughs> we wrapped that all into one really, really it was quick a very, thing. It was a very <laughs> potent experience. Right. Well, <laughs> shot rate to five months. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of mistakes, why don't, we t- <laughs> why don't we talk about some corrections from last week? I'm sorry, Jen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stupid! You're so stupid! Um, <laughs> how do you even go back into this? Uh, Jen, my sincerest apologies for Jim here being the biggest dick on the face of the earth. I apologize for nothing. Correction number one. <laughs> now that we've all established that we don't know why I'm friends with any of you. Because you're just the worst. Oh my god, we love my you. poor baby. We mm-hmm. love you and your spawn. Sweet little fawn scuttle. <laughs> fawn scuttle. Fawn scuttle. For those of you who don't know, that is the name of Jen's baby. We have named it for her. And um, that's... But that's pretty that's, much it. Yes, it's, it's staying there. That's what they're calling the baby. <laughs> Whatever you name this baby, it will be known as Fun Scuttle in our in our circle at least. So. Forevermore. Um, so last week I had mentioned that uh, Jurassic Park was the first movie to have that type of CGI, mm-hmm. and uh, Vito very quickly pointed <clears throat> out to me that that is inaccurate. Of course. Uh, the Abyss had some of the first water oh. effects, and also the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. Also had great practical effects before Jurassic Park. I just had to throw that in there for Vito. Speaking of Jurassic Park, this isn't a correction, but um, I just wanted to throw this out real quick. We were talking about, um, last week you said 1991, and I said, that's a good year. And you said, what's so good about that year? And I said... Uh, I don't know, it was two years before Jurassic Park came out. Our buddy Adam McMillian texted me after yeah. he was l- listening to the episode, and he heard that interaction, and before I even said it's two years before Jurassic Park came out, he said the same thing to himself. So, oh, yeah? Great minds, and we... Oh. We're, it's it's kind of... Jurassic Park is sort of like, that's the event in our lives where everything happened 
before Jurassic Park mm-hmm. uh, or after Jurassic Park. That's that's, that's pretty much how it's life like, should be. It's kind of like BC and AD, except for cool people. It's the it's the <laughs> <laughs> it's like the difference between the, like the Triassic and the Jurassic periods. Right. Maybe I don't even know. I don't even know if those are back to back. I have no idea. It's not like even going to be a correction. Million. I just don't know. Um, I have another one that goes back a few weeks actually. Okay. I kept I kept meaning to bring this up and I never did. Uh, Rick Genest, who passed away, Zombie Boy. Yeah, yeah. He was not in Suicide Squad. Um, oh. no, it was. Uh, and it, 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 you were right. Like it actually, he he looks exactly yeah. like him. Like his face is made up to if look like a yeah, skull. Yeah, if like it's that. not him, I mean, I never bothered to look up who the actor was because I just assumed that it was him because they must have stolen his look. Uh, it's an actor named Jay Hernandez. Okay. Uh, he played Diablo. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if you go, if you make somebody's face up to look like it's tattooed like a skeleton, then it's it's kind of always going to look like that, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Your screen is black. Oh. Um, actually, uh, Rick Genest, I'm pretty sure sued, um, uh, what the hell's the name of that horror show on AMC? Um, uh, American Horror Story? Yeah, because in the... First or se- first season. Oh, you know, I think I heard about this. Evan Peters at one point. I think it was the first season. I can't remember. Well, they, they used his like this. Yeah, though, right? like yeah. He, he went into a school with a gun and he had his face painted and it looked almost exactly like yep. Rich and S. And I'm pretty sure he ended up suing them for it's like slander, basically, for, right? For like for yeah, for stealing his likeness, which yeah. is pretty crazy. Because yeah, I, I, I could well, I guess it makes sense. It's just weird that you can have kind of the ownership over looking like a skeleton yeah, well, you know yeah I mean? but, it's, <laughs> but it's a very specific look though you know yeah. like nobody else has that look right i thought the weekend owned that look <laughs> what? the weekend <laughs> oh, the uh lo- the local band you yeah mean? i oh they got that from they got that from uh, that was from karate kid from karate kid yeah, yeah. so it's just a tangled web we weave it is all right what else you got there James? uh next up we uh courtesy of Vito, and I, I i also figured this out shortly after we talked about it but we were talking about space kitty last week Mm-hmm. And we said there's this one movie we could have talked about about a cat from outer space. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's like Cat from Mars. It's, it's actually called Cat from Outer Space. <laughs> and I love the tagline. How li- did we fuck that up? I love the tagline for it. It's <clears throat> mysterious visitor with unknown powers on our planet for supplies. A six pack of tuna? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I used to watch that movie all the time when I was a kid. It's uh, It probably sucks, but I remember it being awesome. I can't say I've ever seen it. <clears throat> um... Regarding explosions in space, yes, it can happen. Oh, so there's there's a lot of different variables, but we're talking about spaceships exploding, correct? And spaceships have their own uh, oxygen tanks. Mm-hmm. So in a, for for an explosion, you need a, a, a heat source mm-hmm. and you need oxygen to mm-hmm. burn. So it would make sense for for an explosion to happen. But in space, in space, though, the vacuum of space is so crazy. Wouldn't the second that that hull breached or whatever and it exploded, it would just suck itself in? As long as there was oxygen to burn off, it would burn. But basically what happens in <clears throat> explosions is uh, in, in space, like it burns up really fast, but the material, like the debris flies in every direction. So sure, well, that makes sense. Nonstop. That you makes know, sense. Like until I just don't think that you else. would see the big giant flames like they show in the... In the movies, because it would, it, would, it would be split second almost. It would burn up a lot faster than it would here on Earth because there's more oxygen to feed the flames. But mm-hmm. it, it would it would explode in a way that would it would be a fireball as long as there was an, a little bit of oxygen to burn off. You ready to have your minds blown? Yes. So we've had explosions on Earth, right? And the Earth is like in space. It's part <laughs> of space, man. 
<laughs> you get it? Just this, <laughs> just, this, just this huge floating disc. Uh, the last thing I have... But would the disc. fire fall off the edge of the earth? <laughs> no, because the ice wall would stop it. Oh, gotcha. You're right. You're still right. Uh, the last thing, I've got a whole freaking article here about it. I'm not going to go through all of this, but... Um, Regarding whether or not you can survive in the vacuum of space. Yes. It is possible for about two minutes. You would be unconscious after about 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. But in Event Horizon, when uh, Justin, Baby Bear, when he flies out of the airlock, he's only out there for about 10 seconds before Larry yeah. Fishburne pulls him back in. Yeah. And the uh, the way that they show it in movies where you explode is much more... That's, I mean, you know, it's, it's sensationalized. Right, it's yeah. sensationalized. So I, I read a pretty interesting <clears throat> article. I'll let you read it later. It's, it's pretty cool. They actually, <laughs> it's, it, it goes over some of the animal testing in vacuums, oh. which is pretty sad. Yeah. Because they talk about uh, dogs, how they would put dogs into a decompression chamber, Aww. and they would basically take it to like one three hundredth of the atmosphere of Earth, and the dogs would promptly pass out shit themselves and violently vomit but they were unconscious this whole time and they would blow it up to the size of like a dead carcass jesus and then they would so they would leave them like that for i think about a minute and they said if they went past a minute like a minute and a half the dogs would die but if they recompressed the chamber within a minute the dog would pop back up Ugh. within a, a couple minutes. Animal testing brought to you by Shreet Hanadar? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, doesn't make any sense to anybody outside of Michigan. Nope, sure not. Guy, look that, it, guy, look guy that ran for governor, he lost. Good, fuck him. <laughs> look it up. Animal testing. Um, well, I mean, you know, animal testing is somewhat necessary. Oh, what? What? You just up, you just upset a very large population of people. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to test the the many many scientific innovations that we've managed to make in the past hundred years on people? Yes. Why? Why not? Because if it kills somebody, you would rather have it be a dog than a person yeah, just don't put stuff in there that kills people depends on the person <laughs> just, just use yeah, natural right. earth made stuff <laughs> i mean if it was you i'd be like listen his screams are way better than a dog screams i want to hear that more <laughs> it hurts i'm shitting myself <laughs> yeah that is funnier all right you got anything else no that's it all right so what are we what are we what are we drinking this week James? so this week being that debtor is better we uh we got ourselves a little debtor kettle W, Double India Pale Ale from yeah. Right Brain Brewery in Traverse City, Michigan. Jen, you can have one? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Pop the tap, mama. But, um, do you have a... Oh, I wish, I got my, but I cannot. I got my opener here. Hold on. Uh, we, so, should, we should have gotten you like some sort of non-alcoholic something to, coulda, to drink. I was telling her, there's actually... I saw this ad for these things called Curious Elixirs. Mm-hmm. What is it? Oh, oh, you're just shaking. <laughs> I was just shaking. I thought you were trying to get our attention out, for something. Um, these things called curious elixirs, and they're they're made to taste exactly like their alcoholic counterparts, but they're non-alcoholic. Like you can get a Manhattan, you can get a uh, an old fashioned, you can get a gin and tonic, and they're all non-alcoholic. An old fashioned what? Um, dildo. That's splintery. This is Debtor Kettle Double IPA from Right Brain Brewery in Traverse City, Michigan. This is part of the High PA series. Uh, Dead Kettle is an unconventional recipe that involves a defunct kettle, multiple rounds of dry hopping, 
and not dry humping, Mike. <laughs> I heard dry hopping, but my brain registered dry humping. And whirlpool in by hand. Whirlpooling, you mean? Whirlpooling hand jobs and dry humping <laughs> is what I'm getting from this. This high gravity variant is more robust than the original with bigger citrus notes. We double down on the malt and hops, then do it again while keeping the lively aroma and plant finish that makes dead kettle and... Pleasant finish. Huh? You said plant finish. Oh, I misspelled it. <laughs> it's a plant finish. Your eyes read that, but your brain said something else. <laughs> Pleasant finish that makes dead kettle an RBB classic, made with magnum, cascade, centennial, and citra hops. Mm-hmm. I actually misspelled that also to say Sierra hops. <laughs> Sierra hops. I like it. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Uh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Let's give it a try. Cheers, Jen. Describe the taste to me. It's a little please. bit thick. It's so, <laughs> it's so thick. It's so thick. Mm. Uh, it's good, actually. It's, it's, got a pl- it's got a very pleasant finish. It's a good, good sipper. I can really taste the... Uh, I can, taste, I can taste the plant finish. Yeah, it's, really, I can see. it's real green. The, uh, the the dry hump really comes through. A, really comes through on the back end. It's very oh, thick. Dear. Oh, oh little hops just swimming around in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> it's become a very sexual beer for some reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, have you ever seen Mike deep throat a beer bottle before? Yes. Multiple times. Oh, oh. It's disturbing. Oh! It's pretty uh. impressive, actually. Uh, and disturbing all at the same time. Well, Can it, I de- smell it depends on what turns you on. Well, he's classically trained. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, just handed me he the white practice on old, old fashioned dildos. <laughs> it, doesn't smell, it doesn't smell any different than a uh, standard IPA, to be honest with you. No. It doesn't smell any different? No, it just smells like an IPA. That's, that's about all I can do is and smell I, it. And as far <laughs> as, as, far as taste days. goes, though, it actually, there's some double IPAs I feel that like they have like a really robust like taste to it. Mm-hmm. This just tastes like a heavier IPA. Yeah. Like it's not it's not overly double, if that makes sense. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's not overly double. It's not doubled over. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right. That's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. Alright, here's your Blade Feed headlines for this week. Uh, just a little while ago, the uh, Puppet Master The Littlest Reich came out. Indeed. So this is a, uh, it's a new take on the Puppet Master franchise. And um, there was also the original franchise that was also going on congruently. Uh, uh, they had just released another movie not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was announced this week that the, uh, the original franchise plans to continue independently of the world The Littlest Reich setup. Which is uh, which is interesting because if you've seen any of the original Puppet Master movies, they're they're great for what they are. But I've seen them, and as they go on, they just <laughs> lit- I think they're on like twelve now or something like that. Yeah. I could be a little bit off on that number, just but like they get worse. They get a little bit worse, <laughs> and the Littlest Reich I haven't seen it yet. I bought it, but I haven't watched it yet. From what I'm understanding, it's really good. You bought it during the glitch. I did. I did. The glitch of the night. You could buy it for 99 cents on Amazon. They called it uh, 99 cent gate. Did they? Yeah, well, because everything's a gate nowadays. Oh, you know? yeah. oh. Pizza gate and water gate and... Uh, All kinds uh, of um, 
Miss America Gate. <laughs> uh, if I was a if I was a fence company, I'd have a sale called Gate Gate. Gate Gate. <laughs> <laughs> Get your gates fifty percent off. Um, but no, like I, from what I understand, the Littlest Reich is really good. Yeah, that's and what so I heard. if that is going to do, if that is that good. How is the original franchise planning on making movies that people really still want to watch when you have a far superior other franchise going on? I don't know if, it, if it's well, the I smartest mean, business move, but... I, I mean, you could you could watch Littlest Reich and see that people are responding positive, positively to it and yeah. then just and kind of... Use go, that as a reason to do yours better? Sort of use it as a template, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's true. There's another franchise that's doing the same thing where there's two different things continuing now, though, and I forget what it is, but... Uh, I don't know. I can't think I of feel it. Like Whatever. We just talked about yeah, it like probably, last week. Probably. Um, okay. So uh, Scott Derrickson, uh, horror director, is uh, teaming up with Showtime to bring a new horror series called Kill Creek. Kill Creek. James. Oh, me. Uh, in Kill Creek, when best-selling horror authors Sam McGarver and three fellow masters of the macabre reluctantly agree to spend Halloween night in one of the country's most infamous haunted houses. Their presence awakens an entity that will torment and threaten to make them a part of Kill Creek's bloody legacy. It, it sounds pretty cookie cutter, to be honest with you, but mm-hmm. anything that takes place in like Halloween night in like haunted house movies, like I don't care. You can give me ten of them as long as they're done well. They can be the exact same thing. I'm going to enjoy it. Plus, Scott sure. Scott Derrickson has like between uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose mm-hmm. and Sinister. Those mm-hmm. are two of my favorite they're, horror movies yep. in recent years. Emily so. Rose is on. In the top three of my list of like favorite, that's it, scary it's, movies ever made. It's like one of it's that one of the movies that even still up. to this day consistently gives me a good yep. scare. Yep. So, <clears throat> so I'm excited. I'm excited for that though. Um, moving on here, uh, there's a big trouble in Little China remake coming, starring uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Ooh. Now, Rock huh? that Dwayne. Rock the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Said that um, no, no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> Do you smell what the Dwayne is cooking? <laughs> Um, so this remake is not actually a remake. Uh, apparently it's a continuation, which is very, very smart. If you ask me, because let's be honest, how do you, how do you redo, you know, big trouble, little China? You don't. And, uh, what, but they, but they said, and, uh, who was it that was saying here? Um, uh, somebody said it here. Uh, producer, <laughs> producer Hiram Garcia. You came prepared. Yeah, I did. Uh, this yeah, pleases I, me. I'm really not. Uh, producer Hiram Garcia uh, told uh, Bloody Disgusting that um, not only is the Rock Dwayne Johnson. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that was right that time. I just. I, I, no, uh, he is not playing. Again. He is not playing Jack Burton, which everybody thought he was. Okay. He is not. Well, it makes sense um, now that you know that it's a, a continuation. Yeah, obviously. exactly. Uh, they go on. They go on to say that uh, there's a lot of things going on with Big Trouble in Little China. We're in the process of developing that. And let me tell you, the idea is not to actually remake Big Trouble in Little China. You can't remake a classic like that. So what we're planning to do is going to continue the story. We're going to continue the universe of Big Trouble in Little China. Everything that happened in the original exists in exists and is standing alone i think there's only one person that could ever play jack burton so Dwayne would never try to play that character nice. we're just trying to have a lot of fun i love and, everything about that like the fact that he actually said you can't remake a classic like big I, trouble that's the way to do it if you're that's awesome if you're trying to capitalize on these little franchises just make something new in that universe and right. do it the best that you possibly can mm-hmm. um and i love that because that universe there's so much you could do yeah so much i mean it's all it's like magic and ninjas and and truckers and like and lightning and hands monster people it's just awesome you know and it, it it's 
it's the perfect it's it's the perfect world to tell multiple stories in. Yeah. And so I hope this I hope this does well and they can actually make more of them, you know? Like they don't need to be direct continuations of each other, just just they take place in the same universe, you know? Each each <clears throat> movie, each idea crafts that world differently and sets up, you know. Let me ask you know. something. Are yep. you get, are you getting burnt out on uh Rock the Dwayne Johnson yet? Uh no. You're not. No, I'm not. Cause he's he's in a lot. He's in everything. I I like I I personally am not either. I I actually like him quite a bit. No, luckily um, for him though, not everything he does is amazing either. Yeah, like he's he's the biggest superstar pretty much in Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? But not every single one of his movies does well. Like that skyscraper movie that came out bombed. Was that uh, oh was it just called skyscraper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it bombed. Did it really? Um, I, I didn't mean, realize I mean, it was out well, yet. Well, I mean, because yeah. it, it, it kind of looked like every other damn movie he's made. You kind know of, what I mean? Kind like, of, yeah. I, I, but I like him, though. He's, and maybe I'm alone in this. I don't know. Maybe it's not popular opinion. But, like, he is, like, he's the new dumb, fun action star. Like, that used yeah. to be Stallone. It used to be Schwarzenegger. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's that guy where you watch his movies, you know exactly what you're going to get. And it's usually, it's stupid popcorn action with, with, questionable acting but there's huge explosions and they're so do you think that i don't know do you I, think that fits the bill for a big trouble in little china remake then? i think or not it, remake continuation i think that it can yeah. yeah i really do okay like jumanji was a lot of fun i didn't see it. a lot of oh, fun it's really it's it's mm-hmm. good i liked it, good? it a lot yeah, yeah i would like it. a better it's oh, I'm sorry. Kind of, sorry he's kind of, he's funny in it too like he's, yeah. he's got a good comedy he is funny he's I would like it better with Mike's version of his name, though. <laughs> Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Rock the Dwayne, Rock Johnson. The Dwayne Johnson. Or even switch it again. It would be <laughs> Rain the Jock Dwanson. <laughs> Rain the Jock Dwanson. Love it. Sky- Love it. Skyscraper looked almost exactly like San Andreas. Yeah. yeah. Like it looked at the exact same movie. Skyscraper really bothered me because if you notice the poster where he's jumping off the crane to the building, mm-hmm. um, someone somebody actually like a like a like a mathematician actually like did the angles <laughs> and the way that he's jumping. Not only is it completely unrealistic for him to be in the position that he's in <laughs> jumping off of it, but he would completely miss the window that he's supposedly jumping to and just smack against the building and die. Like <laughs> not, not to mention windows in, in skyscrapers are meant to withstand yeah. a lot of trauma. <laughs> so. He, he would just, just hit the side of the building off. if he were lucky and just bounce, fall, fall to his death. I want them to make a movie. With, they call with, him The Rock for a reason, though. I, I, I really, <laughs> I really want them to make a movie like starring somebody as big as Rock the Dwayne Johnson, and like they, they, they live it up huge, right? There's theatrical releases. And they and people go to the movie and it opens up in this big set piece and like you think that this is what's happening at the end is gonna go backwards right and he's on the top of the crane and he's running and he's jumping and he's, uh, he's going to the window and then he just hits the window bounces off movie ends it's over in ten minutes and people are like <laughs> it's been done wait yeah I was gonna say they, the, the other guys the other guys they did that with the other guys him and Samuel L yeah. Jackson no yeah. jump the movie off the ends roof. though like oh, that's just, the movie that's it. it's like you get ten minutes worth of movie it the ends movie, tragically the movie was about a guy who has to try to save his family from a, from a well he tried he it, it just failed. didn't work Miserably. <laughs> the movie's just called 10 and no one knows why until they see the movie <laughs> biggest blockbuster ever oh, it, it, be cost, a hit. it cost 750 million dollars to make <laughs> I'm into it I think it'd be hilarious alright well what do you got next alright um, <clears throat> moving on here Jack the Rain Dwanson um, 
people would get suspicious though when they're booking the movie theaters and every 15 minutes there's a show <laughs> a lot of people hate this movie everybody's walking out of it alright so this one will get your juices fired up mm. uh, Guillermo del Toro confirms that the creatures and scary stories to tell in the dark will in fact be directly uh, taken from uh, the illustrations from the books <laughs> Uh, I don't that was, know. Very that, was, that was my you. juices firing oh, up. That's how it was. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's so they're, awesome. They're going to be based on Stephen Gamble's yeah, illustrations. Can you imagine Stephen Gamble's so illustrations good. in real life? How creepy that would be. Those, oh, that's that's like that's that, terrifying. That was, that was my childhood. The first time I ever read, uh, shit. What was the name of it? The one about um, that sounds terrible. The one about the scarecrow. Yeah. Oh gosh, I remember where I was when I first read it. I was at the old haunted junior high. With my next door neighbor's mom, Greg, my oh. buddy Greg, I was there watching him play basketball. Except for instead of watching him play uh, basketball, I was reading Harold. That's what it was okay. called. Okay. And I read that story, mixed with the uh, the illustration. Just yeah. Oh man, just ruined my tiny little yeah, mind. Those like like almost watercolor looking illustrations that he did mm -hmm. were so terrifying. To see those in real life would be like I just really hope that they don't end up looking like something like Samara from the Ring or something like that. Like yeah. just wet and dark and I hope they don't go that route. Right. But it's Del Toro. I have all the faith in the world that Del Toro will bring those to life we'll correctly. Right yeah, absolutely. So that's that's very, very exciting. Um okay, I only have a couple things left here. Um Greg Nicotero. And KNB are going to design Spawn in the new Spawn movie. Nice. And I am very excited about it. Yep. Um, they said ever since the movie, ever since this movie started, basically, there's like, we know this wasn't going to be a big budget movie. And so doing a huge, big CGI fest was just not in the cards. Mm -hmm. The budget's not there for it. Yeah. And uh, Greg Nicotero actually worked on the original Spawn movie with John Leguizamo oh, and Michael Jai White. And all. Yeah, which is, I love that movie. I know I am a very small, small minority that love that movie as much as I do. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember I rewatched it. it maybe a year ago. And it, it held up? It's questionable at times, but yeah, mm -hmm. it does. I think I think I think it's just fun. It's You've just been a, violated, girly man. man. <laughs> like the violator parts are rough. Those parts are rough. I'm not gonna lie. But like Spawn himself, and I've always said that his transformations are incredible. Oh yeah. His giant red cape, like they almost don't hold up, but they hold up enough to where it still looks kind of like stylist, stylistically cool. Yeah. But um, but yeah, having Nicotero and KNB on board to do Spawn is is awesome. That that to me is is a, is a home run for that kind of movie. In case you hear weird gaps in our in our speech tonight, there it was. I was gonna, <laughs> ah, damn it! I was going to try and get through this entire episode with my, nope. oh, without my voice cracking. This beer uh, causes a lot of gas yes, in your gut. It's it's, it's, it's very burp <laughs> you, you keep hearing us go and then pick up on our sentence. It's uh, it's a burpy beer. All right. Um, also going on here, uh, this is exciting. Adam Baldwin has joined the uh, cast of the Joker. Uh, he is going to be playing Bruce Wayne's father hmm. in the story. Okay, um, Thomas Wayne, which 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 is basically like a Donald Trump type character. So it makes a lot of sense for I guess uh, mm. Alec Baldwin to to play him. Oh, Alec, but you said, you said Adam, Adam Baldwin. Oh, at no. first. oh wait. It was. I have Adam written down, but it was absolutely it Alec, Alec yeah, Baldwin. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. Um. Listen, I'm not wrong. There's an Adam Baldwin too, but <laughs> so he's actually many. not part of he's the Baldwin family. He's not part of family. the Baldwin brothers. Yeah. Uh, but that's actually very <laughs> exciting. So, um, so very cool. Um, 
Alec, Alec Baldwin's Trump is terrible, by the way. Oh no, but it's so funny. funny. It's, it's funny, so funny, but it's though. fucking terrible. It's a caricature of 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 which is ironic because Trump's a caricature of himself anyway. So think of it even more. <laughs> but um, thinking about Trump, it it leads me, I, I it leads me to ask one question, and that's, what's new on blue, baby? What is new on blue, baby? (laughs) (laughs) Take it, Fonz. (laughs) Uh, He's got a few more years before he can talk. All right, Fonz Scuttle. We're going to get him in in here in, what, uh, seven seven months? No. No. God, no. (laughs) Oh, that would make you 12 (laughs) months pregnant. Four months. Four months. There we go. All right, I've only got one for you here. Oh, really? Uh, The director of the Human Centipede franchise, Tom Six, is offering up a special Tom Six edition Blu-ray set in stunning steelbook packaging. Oh. That's right. That's right. Scoop you, it up, you Michael. You know how much I love those uh... good packages. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this th- it, it features all three films, and according to Six's Twitter, watching the complete four-and-a-half-hour movie Centipede is the ultimate peed experience. <laughs> Check out the only box in the world that has them connected with a different ending. So, here's the weird thing. I read about this, right? Even though I'm not the biggest fan of these movies in the world, mm-hmm. I kind of want this box set. Really? Why? Because it's it's even though they're they're super crass and they gross out just totally gross movies. I mean, yeah, they're literally movies about people shitting into each other's mouths. Like, that's pretty much the shock value. Of Feed her. Feed her. Oh, Dita Laser. Do you, do you not know anything about these movies? No, and that is disturbing. They disgusting. sew people's mouths to other people's assholes, and they do about <sighs> they do about five people in a row. It's called the Human Centipede. The, no. The, fir- the first well, one was about a, uh, this crazy scientist. Uh, played by Dita Leza. Dita Leza. And he sewed three people ass to mouth. And like, and it's the first time I had ever seen anything like this. He like makes the guy in the front of the line eat. And then he doesn't want to shit because he's going to shit into this chick's mouth. And like Dieter Lazer's just sitting there going, feed her. It was, it was basically about making one giant uh, digestive (laughs) track. The human centipede. Come on, that can't be real life. No, it's... well, it's not real life. No, you know what I mean. Like, that can't be. Is this just fantasy? Calling a centipede. <laughs> Someone no, shit up inside of me. <laughs> <laughs> Open no. your mouth. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Alright. I don't think Look I ever want to watch this. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just a poor boy. <laughs> I need no centipede. <laughs> all right, anyway. Um, uh, the two-disc set includes making-of featurettes for all three movies, because that's something you want to see, <laughs> no. as well as well as part two in full color, because part two was in black and white, or was it in kind of like a sepia tone? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was black and white. Yeah, no, it was weird. It was weird. Uh, also, a Tom Six home video called Decaying in Style, deleted scenes, and if all that wasn't enough, they are sweetening the pot with... Paint farts clip. Paint farts. <laughs> I, I have no idea what that is, but it's like mm, cake farts. <laughs> maybe it's like from from number two when you know because you know how um, the dude just kind of staples their mouths yeah. to their asses, and every time somebody shits, oh, the, yeah. the poop sprays everywhere. Maybe that's <laughs> who <laughs> watches the shits. Literally, like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're gross. No, they're gross. I'm not seeing. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I like these movies. I don't. Oh no! I'm, I have to shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
so glad that I have this synopsis because now if you do buy it, I will not watch it. <laughs> yeah, I've, no, no, I've, no, only, I'm not I've only personally that, watched the first one. That I'm was not, enough for me. I'm not saying that I want this because I like them. I'm not saying this. I want. I'm not saying that I want this because of any other reason other than the fact that Tom Six is an artist's artist. Like he doesn't give a shit, and the fact that he like took these three movies, he didn't have to. He did not have to go back and change these or anything. You know, you're getting the second movie in full color, which you've never seen before. He went ahead and tacked an entirely different ending on it. Why? Just because he wanted to. Like to, I don't know. To connect like, the three films. Like his 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 artistic like like whatever you want to call it. We're we're using the you should yeah, put it, air quotes yeah, around artistic. artistic. Air quotes. I have a I better know. question. It's just Why an does... oddity, you know. It, it, the, the whole thing is just an oh, oddity. Oh sure, yeah. It's like I just I kind of want it. They're just fun, disgusting, gross on, out movies. Yeah. yeah. I have a better question. Why does anyone want that in color? <laughs> well, interestingly play. enough, the only parts in color in the second one were the were the poo splatters. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that oh, that man. set is available exclusively on Tom Six's <laughs> online shop for fifty two ninety nine euro, mm-hmm. which is uh, sixty two oh five for those of us who live in a country that doesn't use Monopoly money. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all I've got really for Blu-rays. <laughs> all right. Um, this is actually breaking news. Uh, this actually just came over the wire. Oh. Uh, Adam Baldwin leaves the cast of The Joker. Oh, no. <laughs> he just joined. He just joined. You said, you said Adam Baldwin again. You I know. did, because I have it written down as Adam Baldwin. Because I'm an idiot. Alec Baldwin has left the cast of The Joker. <laughs> so no sooner was it like announced that he was in it, mm-hmm. he was at somewhere. He goes, oh, yeah, no, I'm not doing that movie anymore. There's like 25 other guys that can play that role. Just like that? <laughs> exactly like that. Nah, no, so it was, like, it was just so funny because it was like this big announcement and then something's like, oh, just just kidding. We got Baldwin. <laughs> Shit, we lost Baldwin. <laughs> Pretty much exactly Baldwin. like that. So, it's, he must anyway. have signed on before he read the script and then maybe, once he read maybe. the script, he's like, nope. But you know, you got, uh, was it Al Pacino's in this movie? Yeah, well, Joaquin Phoenix. This, this is, uh, it's being directed by, um, I can't think of his name, but he's a, Big time director. I don't remember. But like my, my point is like this is gonna be a big movie. Like there's I don't know why he didn't do it, quite frankly. Um unless he just didn't like the role. You know, it's he's, possible. Maybe he's uh it's too small, maybe it's not a it's not a Batman centric movie, so perhaps the maybe role. Maybe he's wasn't doing huge. what uh, Will Farrell did with his uh George George W. Bush and he's going out on tour oh. as Trump. He probably Actually should. didn't he already go out on tr- on tour as Trump? I don't Did he do that? I not that I know so. of, but he, he should. Yeah. Anyway, those are your headlines for this August 29th. Actually, it's not the 29th anymore when we're listening to this, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and that brings us to some words of wisdom with Wilson. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> a great lover is not one who romances a different woman every night. A great lover is one who romances the same woman for a lifetime. Ooh. Boom! That was the news. That's that's deep. That was very erotic. That is deep. I've, I've grown to look forward to those every week now. <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna take a quick break here. When we get back, we're gonna be talking about why you shouldn't play with dead things, and how much damn fun it is. Poke it with a stick. <laughs> Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right. 
What do you got? What do you no, got? There was a like video of a guy on Instagram drumming that was playing perfectly right in time oh. with the beat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, That's all. how if if you could if you could if somebody was dying in your presence and you had the possibility to bring them back, you just explained my everyday Saturday. Ooh, <laughs> well, why? What do you I, do on Saturdays? Say, what, what do your Saturdays entail that I don't know about? Because I go out and I kill people. I thought oh. that was obvious. No, oh, makes, sense. makes sense. You and your knife obsession. Mm. Mm-hmm. It does make and sense. And now leather. It's become very erotic. <laughs> first, first he, he subjects you to his weird bondage. <laughs> then he kills you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so if someone if something dies, maybe it should stay there. That's If that's the moral of uh, this, this week's uh, episode, don't bring people back from being Past dead. Past the point of normal resuscitation. Right. Typically, people that come back from the dead... I say that like I know people that have come back from the dead. <laughs> let, let me tell you how things are in the real world. You always hear stories, as though. I see it. You always hear stories of people that, like, started to cross over and then, like, got revived. And, like, they're pissed. Because it was, like, the most amazing feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, just, I'm just going back to Strangeland. I was crossing over into the abyss. <laughs> and you brought me back. I mean, kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. I've heard you hear stories though about people like, oh, I saw the white light, or I was at the gates of heaven, or you know. And when they come back though, they almost seem upset, right? Because it was so peaceful and so it was beautiful. Like, so yeah, whatever it is that the 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 uh, the what, what's the what's the in your head? <laughs> your brain? <laughs> no, <laughs> the chemical. That Some of us don't have the chemical that your brain gives off. Though, uh, uh, DMT. Uh, DMT. I want to say DTE. Like that's energy. Um, it's still kind of. It's still energy. It's for... whatever the DMT though is <laughs> making you see. People are right. Yeah, they, they, it's very peaceful to them, and when they come back, they remember it. Right, um, and whatever. So let's let them go. Let's let them go. Well, I mean, let them go. Let them go. <laughs> well, I mean, to to a certain extent. I mean, you know, like if you can bring somebody back and everything's going to be, you're, it, it sounds a lot like you're talking about not resuscitating anyone. <laughs> it's like no. DNR for everyone. Oh, uh, he fell on his bike. Yeah, just let him. Just let him go. Well, it's, it's weird that you mentioned that though, because that actually happened to my grandfather. He died like almost five different times in his lifetime. Uh-huh. Um, just crazy things. And the one thing he was in a terrible car accident where uh, a driver hit drunk driver hit him when he was on the way to work at four in the morning, and he spun his car sideways. They were trying to get him out of a car, and another car was blaring at him at fifty-five miles an hour and didn't see the stopped car on the road. Everyone jumped out of the way, and it smashed into him and flew him out of the car. While right? he was still in the car, yeah, smashed oh, right into his driver's Yikes. side door Jeez. and flew him out. And he was on the ground, and he see the paramedics and everything saying you know we're t- tony we're taking care of you but he also saw his dad and his uncle standing there saying tony you're gonna be okay we're watching oh, you oh and he saw like, them standing like there right freaky. next to the the paramedics and they said tony you're, you're gonna be fine wow. wow and he remembers that to this day and still talks talks about that so see, but it's, it's like right there like is that the energy in your head doing that is that them actually standing there telling you that right like, right that's that's the that's the kind of stuff that really gets me because the old like let's let's be honest our generation we're a bunch of storytellers like sure. we you know we make shit up oh yeah but like <laughs> that that older generation they don't bullshit you know it's like your grand your grandpa came from a time where you know being a man is a man and blah 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 like you're not gonna just make up a white lie about right. seeing They're not your storytellers I do believe in a jolly old fat man I believed in years <laughs> <laughs> they're not story Storytellers, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like they're not just gonna make up this story about seeing their their uncle and their father stand. Like most most 
uh, yeah. grandfathers would be kind of embarrassed to tell right. a story like it's that a, unless it was really true. You and know? kind of what we're talking about leads in sort of to the whole plot of uh, Flatliners, mm-hmm. which is the first movie we're talking about. And that is, you know, you have some people that claim that it's a religious experience. You're crossing over into heaven. Some people think that, no, you're just crossing over to the other side, whatever it is. It's not necessarily <clears throat> religious. It's just whatever. And other people, like I mentioned, think it's just the DMT that is basically making your... your it, 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 takes like memories of your past or whatever and the whatever is in your brain it just kind of accentuates it well ba- <clears throat> hold on first of all did you because you're explaining the science behind the other movie we're talking about which is the lazarus effect and mark duplass his character <laughs> like well they do it in both <laughs> technically they do it in both but yeah his, his character explains the fact that it's the 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 sudden surge of dmt and it basically it, it basically puts you on like a crazy high. Yeah, yeah. And you're just seeing that it's like an acid trip, basically. Well, and what I was getting at. Did for... you look up any of the science though? Is that actually oh, I, true? Oh, yeah. No, I've heard. I've okay. actually heard about that stuff all right, before. Cool. All right, cool. It's, it's all theory, obviously. Yeah, sure, I, I sure, no, sure. There's no like real hard science behind it. Right. But... I just thought of a crazy scenario though. Like, what if you're there? You're on your deathbed, right? You're getting ready to cross over. Mike says it takes things from your memory, your past, and accentuates them. Right. What if like the week before you were like. Man, that's a really weird-looking guy riding that bicycle down the sidewalk. And then that's the guy that pops back in your head. You're like, no, why is that guy coming back? Like, just so random. But then if you come back to life, you're like, why was that guy so special? And now you spend your whole life trying to trying find, to find, that find, guy. To find the guy. No, but in, in Flatliners, though, they do talk about, like, you know, uh, religion had their chance to explain it. Science has, uh, uh, now it's science's turn to basically... Right to explain it right and that's the whole point of it they want to die and they want to cross over and they want to see what you actually get and have whole cold hard facts scientific facts to explain what death is that's right. that's what flatliners is about however that's, they basically get like that's flawed though because why just like objectively because you're a doctor doesn't make your experience any different from a normal person who may have crossed over and then came back and said, oh, I saw the pearly gates and I saw my mother and father standing there the waiting idea, for me. It, just because just because you're a doctor doesn't make your objective experience any different guess, from anybody no, else. But I it guess doesn't make idea, it any more believable. I guess the idea, though, is that they're looking at it at more with more of an objective mind. Like they're going into it knowing what they're supposed to be looking for mm-hmm. as opposed to just experiencing something with no context. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess I understand. That. Plus, listen, everything sounds better coming from a doctor. Isn't that what we've learned? If a doctor says it, it has to be true. I, I guess. I suppose. I mean, just saying. <laughs> I, I was going to say something really terrible, but I, I won't, so <laughs> let's just move on. All right, so the synopsis here. Five medical students experiment with near-death experiences until the dark consequences of past tragedies begin to jeopardize their lives. Uh, this is directed by Joel Schumacher, director of cinematic treasures such as Batman and Robin. I love that. I movie. mean, just just stop right there. <laughs> right, you don't, right, you don't right. need anything else. That is, that's it. It's got a good, en- uh, good ensemble. Um, Keith Kiefer Sutherland plays Nelson Wright. Now, all, all these pe- all these people uh, I'm about to mention play doctors, uh, mm-hmm. young doctors. Seems like not even out of medical school yet. They're uh, well. It seems like some of them are doctors trying to become surgeons. Yeah, and some like are doing just their residency yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you've got Kiefer Sutherland playing Nelson Wright, Julia Roberts playing Dr. Rachel Manis, Kevin Bacon playing David oh, Labratio. The Baconator. Oh, the Baconator. <laughs> William Baldwin, Billy Baldwin himself, Dr. Joe Hurley, Oliver Platt playing Randy Steckel. And that's uh, that. the whole movie pretty much 
revolves around those five people. A couple of the people that we, that Jen and I noticed, if you're fans of Bones, uh, Patricia Belcher is in this. Uh, she plays basically, she's the... She's um, Caroline, the She's Caroline, the... The, no, she's the, like the, DA, the, like DA, the DA, yeah. the DA in oh, Bones. What is she in this movie, though? Uh, she in the very beginning, she's one the of the uh, uh, ward nurses. It's like oh. you have to just let him go; it's part of the job. Yeah, I, like, know, I know who you're talking she's, about. She's, she shows up in everything. She's very recognizable. Yeah. I never then, knew her name though. Before. And then also you have Beth Grant, who played in um, Donnie Darko. I think it's probably her most famous role. Or more recognizable from Speed. Oh, sorry. the lady that gets blown to bits you know, trying to get off. You the know, bus. sometimes I. Sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. <laughs> She's one of those actresses where I never remember her name, and I have a hard time remembering what she was even in, but I recognize her like that. Oh, yeah. Like, she's so recognizable. Well, she even, I knew who it was before I even saw her on screen because you hear her voice first, yep. and she's got yep. a very recognizable voice. She really, really does. <clears throat> but, um. So, anyway, basically, yep. you have, uh, you have Kiefer Sutherland, his character, Nelson, is, uh, He's wanting to cross over to find out what happens after you die. Mm -hmm. And he comes up with this cockamamie scheme of, like, let's... Uh, let's kill ourselves. Let's kill ourselves and then bring ourselves back and we'll and we'll report what we see. This, this, uh, I was going to say the science is there, even though I don't know the science. But they, they kind of cover their bases like they, they drop their body temperature, their internal body temperature to 86 degrees. Mm -hmm. Which I have heard in the past before that there are people who are dead for like 45 minutes to an hour mm -hmm. who end up coming back with no brain damage or anything like that. And it's because they were, uh, like one in particular that I heard of was a, a woman who was, um, she got in a car wreck and ended up like at the bottom of a ravine in a cold river. And yeah. the river dropped her body temperature so low that it basically preserved her. And they were able to bring her body temperature back up and bring her back to life exactly the same way that they did in this movie. So that's that, kind of what they were doing with dropping their body temperature. That happened in the last season of Grey's Anatomy. It did? <laughs> did it really? Is that where you're getting that from? I don't know. Was it a ravine? <laughs> she goes off. It's April. She goes off the side of the... Her and her new boyfriend are in the car, and she goes off the side of the road. I feel like I heard about it in real... It Gra could be Grey's real Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy stuff, does yeah. base a lot of their storylines off of things that have happened in real life, yeah. though. This yeah. is just riveting. Sorry. What? Why is this not right. riveting? Oh, we're talking about the science behind this. Right. Okay. Well, I think it's because <laughs> it's supposed to preserve... Isn't it supposed to preserve, like, your organs and stuff? It's supposed to... Well, yeah, if your internal, so if your internal body temperature drops to a certain... Yeah, be, like, if you're... If you're uh, I can see your body being preserved, though, but would it preserve your brain that much to not get brain damage, though? Because that was one of the things that we were talking about in this movie. It's like, wouldn't they... Like, at what point does your brain start getting brain damage from lack of, like, oxygen to it and everything else? And, like, they, and they say in this movie, they're like, like one minute, you're basically... Because Kiefer Sutherland wants to go under for one minute at first, right? At first. And they, they eventually get to like five minutes almost, right? They're kind of having like a like a pissing contest too. Like, oh, I'll go yeah, a minute a weird, 20 and then a I'll go two thing. minutes. What a weird... I'm more of a man than you. I'll I'll die longer than you. Right. I'm going <laughs> to die way longer than you are, bro. I'm going to die so hard tonight. You're not, you're not even going to know. <laughs> what, what a stupid like... Like dick measuring thing, like I, I I don't get it. I can I can see well because the way that Nelson is kind of thinking of it is, uh, he went under for a minute, so anything up to that point or below is well, kind of useless now. We've already useless. done that, like, so we were, if we're gonna yeah, learn anything else, has then to you be have to up the ante, and yeah. so they just keep going and going and going. 
to what's before the before the very end where one person ends up going under for quite long a long time. time yeah. What's the longest they get to? Close to five I think minutes, it's right? Just about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was like four longer. minutes something. I think it's like four fifty. Yeah. Which in real life, I've heard like how oh, I've heard of that before. I've too, heard of yeah. people being dead for like a long but time one and thing, then coming one back thing, without any one ill thing effects. That they're not doing though is getting up and walking around within like an hour of being dead for like five minutes. Right. They're right. not going to the diner you know, like, down the street. These guys, they do it and then they go out and like party afterwards. It's like n- no, no. Well, the person who <laughs> the person who went under was always like in bed or whatever. whatever. Like yeah, it's like true. feeling it Kiefer, afterward. They were wrapped up in a blanket. The and, first time the keeper did it though, when he was under for like a minute or whatever, he was basically up walking around with them afterwards, like on the streets, which. Leads me to my next point. Yeah. Where the fuck did this movie right. take place? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the, the, none of none of the scenery makes sense in this movie no. No. at all. Like, are they in a school? Are they in a hospital? Are they in an abandoned church? Are they, what the <laughs> fuck is that three. building? It's all in? three of them. Like, that's what I was thinking too. It like, doesn't make any sense. The first scene where you see Nelson kind of walking through this building, I was like, what? I like, I thought he was breaking into uh, a church that was under renovation. To, I thought, I thought to yeah. scout out a location yeah. to do this thing, and then yeah. it turns out like just down the hall, in this very dimly lit room, there's people with their cadavers, you know, right. learning learning how to dissect a, dissect a cadaver. I was like, first of all, you can't do it in a room that's basically candle lit. <laughs> like, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. gonna learn anything. What is this like the 16th century, and you're you're an apothecary trying to figure out what the hell the human body looks like. I, and uh, and then like you said, and they never explain the it either. whole place mm-hmm. is under renovation the whole time. It's like they it's lost like, all their all shooting dark. locations. Like, well, we have an old church, right? Guess we'll film here. Like, it, it did look badass. It, the it, the it was set a cool pieces mood. were really cool. It, the only time though that it really worked is when they were doing their own experiments because that makes sense that they would do it off-site somewhere where nobody would know they were there. Right. You know, very limited power. Like this is this is a place where they're supposedly like like giving anatomy classes with real human cadavers yet their their power situation is like a mess yeah, it's like, pretty what bleak is, <laughs> what is this building they're in I, they never explain it it doesn't make any sense well and even in the beginning when kevin bacon's character is running from one room to another and they've got that lady they're pushing her like into go into surgery yeah and she goes through like a, this big dark hallway what hospital is that ever okay in like it's just not it's not supposed to be that dark but that was one of my biggest issues with this movie in general is the lighting. It was all very dark. It was very like it, I know that that's that Which, style, but I didn't. It actually it. served it really well for certain scenes. Like yeah. there were there were some stylistic choices in this movie that I thought were really cool. Like uh, the first time that Nelson goes under Kiefer Sutherland's yeah. uh, character, first time he goes under, he comes back, and then they leave, and then they go to a store, and uh, the other four people go into the store to buy some drinks or something like that. Yeah. And he's left sitting in the back of uh, Kevin Bacon's Jeep. Why is a doctor driving an old military Jeep? I have no idea. <laughs> it wasn't even just a military Jeep. It was the most it's mixed matched Jeep I've ever seen in my life. And there's one point there's one point where Kevin Bacon has to get into the truck mm-hmm. to to save Kiefer from what's going on. <laughs> the whole back of the truck, mind you, is, is cloth is cloth fabric and open in some spot. Yeah. He still proceeds to bust out his car window with a rod <laughs> to get into him. It doesn't make any like, sense. Just walk around the back and untie the rope, you jackass. 
<laughs> and he's in the back. Yeah. Like Kiefer Southern's character is yeah. in the back. Oh my god! But uh, <laughs> but that scene in particular, though, when they are they're all in the store and uh, keep Kiefer uh, Nelson still, or he he has his first experience mm-hmm. where he's saying like he he's telling uh, Kevin Bacon Kevin Bacon's character Labratio that he feels like a fine tuned instrument like. It's yeah. like I'm more receptive to the things around me. He's like, I can hear the traffic on the 105 or whatever yeah. the fuck it was. I can hear the buzzing of the street lamps. And he's like, underneath all of it, I can hear this dragging sound. And Labratio's like, I don't hear anything. And then he he's like, you know, he leaves him for a minute. For, for half the movie, I thought his name was Horatio. <laughs> he does not look like a Horatio to me. <laughs> and, then, and then he uh, he's alone and he's sitting there and then he hears that dragging sound come toward him. And every time somebody goes under, you can tell when they're kind of reverting back to their their dead state mm-hmm. because the lighting changes and, and certain parts of the scenery change. And I thought that was a really cool scene because you didn't even notice it at first, but they're they're parked in this alleyway and it just looked like a normal dark alleyway at first. But once he kind of reverts back to his uh, like receptive to the dead state, yeah. the the lights almost seem fluorescent around him and you see all these uh like, like all this graffiti of demons all around him on mm-hmm. the walls and mm-hmm. stuff like that and then you see the dog well, kind of dragging itself across the ground i yeah. thought that was a really cool yeah scene. one of the things that they do is they they use the use of red uh very bright colored red to basically every single time that they're in like this I call it a dream state whatever you want to call it like that's really only for julia roberts character though. oh it did it throughout the entire movie did it oh yeah, yeah. Mm. what movie did you watch <laughs> not this one apparently i watched the 2017 no, version oh, that's no, what it sucked. Was. <laughs> um yeah no they did it a lot actually to the point where it's like i i this this, this movie is a it's a cross it's, I mean, it's joel schumacher so it's a cross between like batman forever and like suspiria that, mm-hmm. that that's what the color scheme of the movie kind of reminded me mm. of. Um, I don't think that it worked though. You don't personally. Oh, I you like know, it. I, I thought that it was way too intense, and it was and it was distracting. Uh, now, granted, now granted, I will say this: you watched it on probably a high def download, correct? I did. Yeah. I watched it on glorious VHS, so <laughs> it is possible that my copy of it is a little bit. The colors might have been a little off. Might have been a little darker. Mm-hmm. So I will say that. Uh, but in the version that we watched, though, that Jen and I watched, it was it was almost distractingly red. Like, it was too much. Hmm. Uh, and it took away... It was distracting a little bit, you know? Like, it... it yeah, I, I actually I wasn't a big fan the, of it. The scenes where they were just walking around on a normal day, the, it, it was just too dark there, too, where everything was just so dark. Like, it didn't have enough contrast for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, so we kind of had a different experience. Because <clears throat> I was watching... I, I just downloaded it on iTunes. Yeah. Which I imagine had to be probably a high def oh, transfer. Oh yeah, sure. probably. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I thought it looked really good. Yeah. Okay. That's like fair. I'm saying, like I'm like you kind of brought up the uh, what was it Batman Forever? Mm-hmm. It, there are scenes in Batman Forever, especially that alleyway scene with the, yep. the lit up graffiti mm-hmm. and the um, yep, like the demon faces. It reminded me a lot of uh, one of the scenes from Batman Forever because that was. Was that the one where there was the gang on the motorcycles yes. in yep. the alleyway where yep. everything was black light and stuff? Yep. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of that. See, it, but, it, it, but to me, watching the high def transfer, it actually it's worked Robin, pretty well. It's where Robin goes to do the races around the... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, he steals the Batmobile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Uh, when it served a purpose like that in the alley, like that I liked. I thought that was good. But just the normal, like everyday, like you said, with them 
in class essentially and it's super dark and they're in this really dark like almost candlelit room and it just didn't make a lot of sense oh it didn't make any sense at all yeah. right so that's that's the those are the times i didn't i didn't like it that's it was too dark that's the type of lighting in a in a in a hospital that you would expect to see in like from hell it reminded yes, me of from yes. hell when they're in like the, the auditorium uh, yeah exactly yep. the Another speaking of lighting, did you guys notice in the beginning in the beginning of the movie there's a uh, Kevin Bacon, the baconator, is is crawling out of a window for some reason to escape from the school. He could just walk oh, out the front door. Yeah, I don't know, I don't I don't know why he's doing that. He, he gets kicked out of school because he He gets suspended for like four months or something. Because he opened up a lady when he wasn't supposed to, even though he saved her life. But uh, he's repelling out of the window yeah, of his no dorm room. It's like, but it, why don't you just walk out the door, man? This takes place, though, maybe a little bit more closer to dusk, perhaps, but mm -hmm. it's still decently loud outside. When they have the close-ups of their faces, they're like extreme close-ups. There's like fire flicking. That's the light they decided to use. There was no fire, I don't think, around them on the outside yeah. of this school. See, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was really it's weird. weird. I'm like, That's weird. Where the fuck did the fire... No. And you could see the sky behind them. It was like dark. Mm -hmm. So it was like... I don't understand oh, and, why and the version they... I, the version I watched it was like it was close to dusk. Yeah, it wasn't no, dark. No, it was it was a, it was very different. Huh. I don't know. I mean, it's the same version but different transfers. Yeah. yeah. But but no, it was like fire flicking <clears throat> on, you know, yeah. on their faces. Yeah, yeah. It didn't make any sense. Right. Um yeah, I don't know. I just I thought the lighting was a little bit distracting this. I thought that Joel Joel Schumacher just Got a little Schumachery, and um, <laughs> he didn't really keep himself in check. I don't think it was it was it was a bit much for me personally. Um, you know, also we're talking about like the 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 church that didn't make any sense for this building or whatever. Yeah, the city itself didn't make any sense. Why that? It almost seemed like post-apocalyptic. There was never anybody around. Like the streets were literally empty, and then all of a sudden. There's like a, a, a there's a an ambulance that drives by. Like where the fuck is an ambulance going? There's literally nobody on the streets. And then there's suddenly this this barrage of bicycle riders that just like cross him. And it's like, it's like what the fuck? <laughs> I just doesn't yeah. make any sense. It does not seem like a real world to me. I don't I don't know. You um, don't see a lot of outside people. Yeah, in it's, general. it's just that's, a bizarre setting for a movie. That's true, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, there's there's not a a lot of aside from in the. Uh, in that giant room, the candlelit room where they're doing uh, autopsies on yeah. the cadavers, mm -hmm. or dissecting dissecting oh. the cadavers or whatever. <laughs> it's an empty beer. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> good thing Jay's not down here. <laughs> well, James, it would have spilled, spilled on your computer. Right. Yeah. It James, been that bad. James just really knocked just over stopped. a beer bottle that I thought was full. <laughs> My heart um, stopped for just a second. Yeah. Aside from those people in that room, and then like uh, when Julia Roberts was doing her her rounds in the hospital that she yeah. was working in, and then a couple times out on the street, which you, still or, seemed like they were all the, in the church or the Halloween party. Yeah. Uh, out, outside of that building, there really wasn't a lot Random of extra people. Fire, anyway. giant fire yeah. outside the steps of a church. They look like they're in front of the Lincoln Monument. <laughs> <laughs> like there's these big pillars or whatever. It's a beautiful looking place, and there's just this giant bonfire on the steps. Yeah. What if so this weird. is supposed to be a school? What school would let the students just light a fire <laughs> on so their property? Weird. It was bizarre. And then they're in that random diner and just the one creepy waitress comes up. Now that I do think when they were doing their own experiments had to be like two, three, four in the morning. So like middle of the night. But the diner, you don't even realize they're in like a diner mm -hmm. until they pan back a little bit and you can see the bigger table and the creepy waitress comes over. And I think that's probably the point is so, they were so they were doing most of their 
most of their interactions with each other took place probably yeah. between the hours of midnight and yeah. 5 a.m., you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it kind of makes sense that the streets were empty, there wasn't a lot of people around, but it was it definitely so gave weird. it a weird vibe. My gosh. Okay, so we spent a lot of time on, on the aesthetics of this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's actually talk about the, the story a little bit. Yeah. Um, so basically what happens is when they get put under, they experience, they all experience their like, these unique... They're not so much, like, they're not, like like exploring the other side of the world they're just kind of experiencing things in their own heads uh sometimes it's it's uh one person started from that moment when they died and they worked backwards to when they were a kid so uh, other people uh has, has to do with who they were bullying when they were a kid like they basically they take these these things that they didn't they never atoned for from their from their youth brought it back with them to the real world and well it's it's interesting because at first glance to each of them it almost seems like uh like these picturesque what could be considered sort of heaven like things mm-hmm. like for uh um what the hell was uh hurley for hurley he basically just saw a like a bunch of women like naked women just kind of probably what i would see when i die like he thought that was heaven <laughs> like he's he's like there was something very erotic and inviting about it like he just saw a bunch of women mm-hmm. and that uh, was his personality and was nelson his and nelson saw him and a bunch of children like he was a child and his dog was there and they were running through this big open field and uh and and julia roberts character manis she saw her family all together mm-hmm. in her house celebrating the return of her father from uh overseas because he was in the military like they're all experiencing what could kind of be considered heaven-like, but then it kind of morphs into the fact that each one of these situations was more like their own personal hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's, it's like they're subconscious. Each... These buried, these buried memories, but they might not think about all the time, but they're like always there. Right. Like these are the memories that shaped them as a person. Right. And they came to the forefront, which, to me, if you're if you're at, if you're looking at this uh, from the way of you know, is it divine? Is it chemical based? Is it whatever? Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's what the DMT does. That I'm I'm in that that side of the camp. Mm-hmm. Like when you die, this DMT just gets released into your head, mm-hmm. and your brain's going to flood with like its most uh, prominent memories, mm-hmm. even if they're subconscious. You know, right. so that's like to me, that's that's what I think it is. Because like I said, spoiler alert, you you come to find out that none of these things are real. They're doing it all to themselves. Like they, they, none, none of this actually is happening, at all. Um, they're basically hallucinating it though when they bring it back into the real world, running, and and they're running through all of them, and their their sure brain kind of gets overrun by all of that, and they think that it's so real. Like like Nelson's character, like he gets <laughs> beat up by this kid a couple times, and he doesn't tell anybody what happens. And then you finally see the uh, the kid trying to kill him with a pickaxe, and this is when uh, Kevin Bacon's character tries has to save him in the truck and break his window yeah. out for no reason. <laughs> He realizes that he's got a pickaxe to himself, and he's doing it yeah, to himself. He can't see anybody. Else. And that's kind of when they realize, wait a minute, this is none of this is real. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty open to interpretation, though, because I'm... because one by one they atone for their sins. Like, uh, Labrat- Labratio goes back, and he uh, he keeps seeing himself um, harassing this girl at school. Yeah. So he actually tracks her down. And apologizes to her, and then after that, his visions stop. 
and uh, um, Man- Manus, she sees her father, and instead of being afraid of him, she goes and she embraces him, and and they kind of work things out. Then her visions stop. Yeah, I don't... Everybody's visions stop when they finally atone for their sins or, or level off with sure. what's actually going on. But that's not open to interpretation, though, because they're still confronting their own demons, though, and mentally they're fixing it. But, so but the idea of heaven and hell can be can be like like literally the pearly gates and you're living on top of clouds or oh, li- that, li- literally okay. fire and brimstone and you're being whipped by demons or the idea of heaven heaven and hell could be like um in the other uh, in the, other, in movie. the other movie that we're talking about, the idea of hell is like you you pretty much relive your worst memory for the for eternity yeah. and that's like if you're dead and you're gone and the DMT's not working in your brain anymore, then why would that happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's open to interpretation in that regard because it could just be the fact that they're kind of flashing back to the things that happened in their life that were really prominent because of the DMT, or it could literally be they crossed over and they went to A or B, mm-hmm. you know, like heaven or hell. In this case, they all kind of went back to hell and they had to atone for those sins. It's they never really explain it. They never really no, they go don't. back and go, "Oh yeah, this was this was all just like a bunch of random synapses firing in our heads and we had to deal with it." When we when we when we talk about um Lazarus effect, which is the next movie, mm-hmm. uh, I have my own personal story that I want to talk about, which is why I'm in the DMT camp. Okay. Uh but we'll get there. Um but yeah, I I think that I don't know, I you find out like I said though, it's still just them though, like regardless of what it is that's causing it. There's these these kids are not in their real life. You know what I'm saying? There's no kid beating the crap out of uh, Kiefer. He's doing it to himself. There's no there's no little kid laughing at Kevin Bacon. He's he's hallucinating it because it's in his head now at that point. And when he makes amends to himself, it like corrects that wrong in his brain. And he no longer it no longer haunts him basically. Mm-hmm. So you know that that's what it, that's what it ends up coming down to. And they all get sort of addicted to this. They almost like they almost like get a high off of doing it. Yeah. Like they all want to one up each other, like we mentioned before. Right. And that's and that's how we get there. And eventually, at the end, uh, uh, Kiefer takes it way too far and just bonds, basically wants to kill himself because he can't make a, he can't atone uh, for his wrong because the kid died. Right. And so the only way to fix that is to basically die himself and find this kid in the other on the other side. Right. And atone for it. Yeah. And so he ta- makes the ult- ultimate you know decision to do that and. Yada yada yada. You know the end happens, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I liked it. This movie's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of weird pitfalls and yeah and and just it's odd definitely choices. stuff you have to ignore to like fully enjoy it. But I like I, it overall. I, I liked like it, it a lot. as I like it as a whole though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I there thought were, it, there were several times in the beginning, like the first forty five minutes of the movie. I kept looking at Mike and I'm like. What the fuck are we watching? Like, yeah, what no, we is both did it. Yeah, it's weird. Like, <laughs> I'm so confused. It's definitely not a coherent movie. Mm. I would not say that it is. Like, like you get a story, but like everything that is around the story just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Joel Schumacher was smoking when he made this movie, <laughs> but it's just weird. It's a weird movie. Crack it's cocaine. Not cool also, movie, but yeah, it's it's strange. The first couple times that you see people uh, doing the uh, the dead thing. Mm-hmm. They're like flying through. My first thing was like, "Oh my god, that's what happens when you die. You get reincarnated into a bird." 
Like, that's what I thought it was. Like, I think I told you yes. that. I'm like, that, that's, that's what this is. That was one of those what the fuck times. Because he looks at me, he's like, did he get reincarnated as a bird? What just happened? I'm like, I don't even know. I, what else? That makes just as much sense as what everything else Man. is happening. So so, so two things. Yes. I, like I said, I, I didn't have any interest in watching the remake. Correct. Because, or, or the sequel or whatever the hell it is. Because I, apparently there's a, a cameo by... Kiefer Sutherland, and he mm-hmm. plays the same character that he played in this movie, yep. Nelson, Nelson Wright. Yeah. So I don't know if it's a sequel or if it's a remake or whatever the hell it is. Now that I've rewatched this, because I, I didn't have any interest in watching that because I hadn't seen this in a long time. Now that I've rewatched this, I will go back and watch the new one. Because I'm interested. I'm, I'm curious to see if they kind of close some of those gaps. I am too. You know yeah, what I mean? We said the same thing after it was done. Uh, the second thing, just so I, we can pretty much wrap it up here, but did you guys notice when, so they finally, they managed to get uh, Nelson back at the en- end of the movie? Yeah. And then the very end of the movie, they pan out of the room that they're in, which is, is essentially a big cathedral. Mm-hmm. And there's five, uh, like five old, like Renaissance looking paintings yeah. on the wall. Mm-hmm. Did you guys put together any of the similarities between the five characters and those paintings? No. I think like I, I I picked out a few. I think I picked out three of the characters, but I think each one of those paintings represents each one of the characters. Really? Oh, yeah, I because didn't, I didn't I didn't even. Yeah, I did not. Because you had uh, you had Hurley played by Billy Baldwin, who his whole thing was all about uh, sex. Yeah. And there was one that was a, a man, and there was a naked woman standing behind him. Uh-huh. And then you had uh, Nelson Wright. Uh, his was he was kind of the person who was most passionate about about this adventure or whatever the hell yeah, you want to call yeah, it yeah. and his was the one right in the middle and it was uh, a guy holding a flame you know kind of like lighting the way yeah and then there was who was the um, there was another one that I want to say it was Labratio's where he was ridiculing somebody and mm-hmm. that was kind of his big sin and there was a man who was like pointing down at somebody, like they were like talking down to them. I didn't have time to go back and check every single one to see if they lined up, but I'm pretty sure each one of those paintings has to do with each one of the characters. I'd be interested. I didn't have time to look it up, but I'd be interested to look it up and see if anybody else has any theories about I that. I never noticed. They only noticed at the very end. They zoom in on just the one. Yeah. Which was probably well. They kind of they start on the one and yeah, then they zoom, they zoom out and you oh, see okay. all five of them. So okay, so I must have just stopped looking after they, because then I think the credits started and I think I just yeah. yeah. So all in all, watching. all in all, I think Flatliners is is good. It's an interesting watch. Yeah, yeah. I think the, um, the acting was really good. The uh, the set pieces were really cool looking, even if they didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you know what the giant thing with all the gloves hanging out of it was? <laughs> We were trying to figure that out. There's a giant wall that just has gloves hanging off of it. Like, like you big, can put your hands thick, in through the other side. But it's like, gloves. it looks like a Connect Four rack. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know what that was for. I mean, we like, I, 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 know, I know that if you're in, I mean, in certain scenarios, there are times where if you have a. Uh, like a containment thing, and you yeah, put the containment. Gloves yeah. yeah, but I don't but know why you would just, have twelve of them all lined up at the yeah. same I, time. I think, it's a weird, I think it's a weird bondage thing. That's, that's <laughs> what um, Okay, so we got away from this, and I want to keep doing it when I remember to do it. So flatliners, how much would you pay for it? Uh, for flatliners, well, I paid two ninety nine to rent it, 
If I was, uh, it, see, you got to take packaging and stuff into consideration. If I was gonna, if I was gonna buy this on uh, a nice Blu-ray with new cover art and some nice special features, I would pay like eighteen dollars for it. You would, yeah. Wow. I like this movie that's a lot. High praise, okay, okay. That's, I'd be, that's high praise. I'd be, I'd be more around I think the ten, ten to fifteen dollar mark. I, I could do that, but yeah, not no more than that. I'd be. I did, I did like this movie. It's. it's I like, I like the ensemble so much. Like mm -hmm. I, I would really, if they had featurettes and stuff where they interviewed the whole on, like the whole cast and 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 kind of went behind the scenes with them. I would, I would pay some good money for it. The one thing that I didn't talk about that I want to really quickly before we move on. Yeah. I cringed at the scene where the guy just dove a scalpel into the, oh. the into the soft of the dead guy's oh. foot. I was like, oh, no! <laughs> it's oh, almost as terrible. bad as when you see needles going into eyes. Yeah. Was like, that, it's, oh, was it's that so Oliver, Oliver Platt's character? We didn't even talk about him because ultimately he, he almost just serves as like a... He's kind of narrating the whole thing. He's like yeah. a voice of reason. It's like he's writing he's movie. writing a book so he's he keeps recording yeah. himself talking about what they're going through. He yeah. never actually goes under, he never flatlines. No, he's the only one that doesn't. But I loved his character. Yeah. I did. And his like, line was, about his line about why he's glad he never went under. What was it where he's like, I'm glad I never went under because my babysitter from when I was 10 would be chasing me for eating her sandwich. My, my 300 pound babysitter would be chasing after me. The pastrami sandwich. Yeah. The pastrami sandwich. <laughs> All right, moving on to the uh, Lazarus Effect from 2015, directed by David Gelb. Um, this is a pretty awesome lineup as well. Uh, you got Mark Duplass as Frank, Olivia Wilde. <clears throat> We all know she's fine. Uh, <laughs> Zoe. Uh, you have Sarah Bulger, who we just watched in uh, Emily. Also fine. I would actually, on the fine scale, I'd, I would prefer her over Olivia Wilde. I, I don't know if that's blas blasphemous or not, but I'll, I like Sarah Bulger. Aside from the fact that she's very beautiful, I'll I think... I'll put him in a tag team. <laughs> How about that? How about that? Oh, my Lord. Aside from the fact that she's beautiful, I... I Really like I like her as an actress. I think she's really good. Mm -hmm. um, um, so you have Evan Peters. Uh, if you don't know him by name, uh, he played Quicksilver in the uh, the first class X Men movies. He's all over the place. He's yep. Quicksilver. He was in uh, um, American Horror Story. Yep. He was in The Office for mm -hmm. one episode, uh, which obviously but, I would bring that up. Yeah, right. But I, I like him too. He's a super. He's he's pretty awesome actor. He's oh, he's, pretty no, he's really good. He's really good. He plays Clay. Uh, then you have Donald Glover, Childish Gambino himself, playing Nico. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, to round out the cast, you have the incomparable Ray Wise. Ray Wise. Who's in the movie for a total of about four lines, but it doesn't matter because he steals the damn show. Best four lines of the movie because <laughs> he's fucking Ray Wise. Exactly. <laughs> do you have a synopsis over there? I do. I do. Let me just scroll up a little bit. I do. <laughs> Uh, a group of medical researchers discover a way to bring dead patients back to life. That's it. Cut and dry, baby. <laughs> oh wow, IMDb, you are <laughs> not letting point. us down tonight. I've, th that's that's pretty that, that's pretty straightforward. Pretty I mean, accurate. So yeah, no, it is. It is essentially uh, the movie is this. Uh, Mark Duplass and uh, Olivia Wilde's characters, Frank and Zoe, are uh, are engaged, and uh, they want to be married, but they started on this. The uh, this big medical trial thing where they're basically studying the effect. So it's a research. A research thing. They're they trying have to, a research grant. 
they're trying to they're studying how to like repair tissue and comatose patients or something like that right uh and this 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 research has led them into basically figuring out how to bring the dead back to life and re-kickstart the bodies or which they're only serum and a compound and this is unbeknownst to the uh to the to the financiers of the grant though because they're only supposed to be practicing this stuff on comatose patients they're not supposed to actually be bringing dead animals animals back back to life which they do with what they do with the dog the dog becomes sort of the center center line center point of the the movie a little bit like that's like the the glue that holds everything together right yeah this dog they actually bring it back to life and when it does it comes back a little bit different you know it's got um (laughs) sorry these These beers are crazy today. (laughs) Um, uh, So this dog, though, comes back and acts very different. You know, it's not eating. It's weirdly aggressive at times. Mm -hmm. And it's just just different. It doesn't blink, like, ever, which is pretty freaky. Yeah, it's just, it's it's bizarre. It's a super cute dog, And and they realize a lot of the other, the rest of the research team... I uh, realize that this is just bizarre and it's not right. Yet, yeah. well, they also they're doing MRIs on the dog, and the serum that they pumped into him is supposed to dissipate after, and it didn't, like hour. a couple hours, and it's still in his brain, just bouncing around, and his brain has gone into overdrive, mm-hmm. and essentially his entire brain is just lit up all and the they, time. They do Tons bring of activity. In, they, they do like call out the whole myth of about the whole ten percent of the brain deal. Let's talk about this for Let's a second. Let's talk about this for a second, James. I, okay, so I, uh, I, I, I kind of was under the impression that most people knew that the idea that you only use 10% of your brain was not true. And I, and, and I was under the impression, like, that's just something that I have always heard and I've never really, it's not that I've never heard, Jay, let's ask, let's ask yeah, you. Yeah, let's ask Jay. He just got back. What's okay. you got for me? Um, what do you what do you know about the human brain and how much percentage wise uh, the average human actually uses? Average human? Well, how, <laughs> much, how, how much based on what you've heard over your lifetime? How much? What percentage of the human brain is used? Oh, I wasn't it some low number or something like that. I don't know the exact uh, percentage. Okay, so, so based, do you, ma- but what do you what what do you think about that? Like, do you think that's true? Uh, it, your brain is probably always being used, all of it, but your, but the, for your thinking and your day-to-day tasks, you are probably only using a certain percentage, like, like your computer CPU, right? So you might be using a certain percentage to look at that online pornographic videos that you're looking at. <laughs> always. Uh, that's, actually, that's actually probably like my, 70% of my, my computer. Entire, my entire brain is firing off at that point. <laughs> but, however, your computer is also doing other things. It's mm-hmm. also controlling uh, what this is doing, controlling your fan, and that you, when your fan speed needs to kick on and off and up right. and whatever. It's, it's doing all these different tasks. The it's actually time. a perfect way of looking at it. Yeah, it is. Because but, because there's, there's certain involuntary things that your computer has to do to maintain itself. Same with your brain. But for the purposes of our argument here, though, you have heard, though, the theory, or, or the, the, the myth, whatever you want to call it, though, that you only use, like, 10% of your brain, and like, they don't know what the rest of your brain actually does because it's not being used. Like I've heard of that, yes. Yeah, okay, so we have this discussion because... It's not. It's not that I. It's not that I believe that it was only ten percent or whatever. Well, Don, I, just to get some perspective here, Donald Glover's uh, character Nico, mm-hmm. he 
explains to Sarah Bolger's character, Eva, at one point in time, that uh, a common myth is that we only use 10% of our brains. When, you know, that's it, you're actually using all of your brain just usually usually only about 10% at a time to do certain tasks and stuff like that. So Mike paused it and he said, is that actually true? Like, is that is that just a myth that you only use 10% and of your brain? And he looked at me like I'm the dumbest person on the face of the earth. I did. <laughs> I, po- I apologize because turns out that it, that most people are kind of in the same camp as you. Well, he didn't believe me, so I went online. I'm like, I typed in, like, the myth of the 10% brain or whatever, and, like, every single web page that came up was like, most people believe that only 10%. Most people only believe well, it 10%. Like, 10%. It said, like, 10%. Six, 68% of Americans believe that you only yeah. use 10% like, of your brain. And it wasn't, and it wasn't, it was just what I've always heard. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I, I wasn't, it's not me being like dumb or whatever oh, it's i just, just not, never it's looked not like it up. something like, you're never... interested in so you yeah. didn't bother to look exactly, it up exactly. i understand yeah i just wanted to give you shit at the time because i like to <laughs> well, well and it kind of makes sense too that it would be it, it, when you really think about it it's kind of the same thing of it you're using 10 percent of your brain at a time like obviously there's more we know what the different parts of the brain do more than 10 percent well, like well kind of though. like kind of like with jay like I, I actually like that analogy a lot like what he said is you might be using 10 percent of your brain to pick up this beer and chug it and talk to your friends and and stuff but then there's the part of your brain that's being used involuntarily to keep you breathing Breathe your heart to be and gay. to yeah to beat your, your like pump, yeah pump yeah. your well yeah. i mean obviously your heart's pumping your yeah. brain your blood but your brain is telling your heart to pump blood. Right. like all mm-hmm. those Im- involuntary things that are happening that's what that's the true. rest of your brain is doing did you uh do you ever use that 10 percent of your brain to to control your breathing like say you're going to bed and you're laying laying in bed at night and you're like Oh, I feel my breathing. You're like, well, if I just fall asleep, I'm like, I'm making myself breathe right now. Like, like you're forcing yourself to do it. <laughs> Not that you can't breathe on your own, but when right. you're thinking about it, and then like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's it's a, it's a weird thing. Like, if you were to stop thinking about it, you would stop breathing. <laughs> I I do. Like, there's random things that I'll read like that that trip me out a little bit. Like, uh, you can't see your own nose, which you can if you start thinking about it. I can see. What I'm looking at. It right yeah, now. but but at any given time your brain blots your nose out from your peripheral vision because it's in your peripheral vision, yeah. but, get in the way. but it blots your nose out because it's not <laughs> something that's necessary. Or the fact that you can't, you can't feel your ears. <laughs> that's one that bothers me because <laughs> I'm like, no, you can't, you can't feel your ears. Never. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I don't I don't know where this conversation went. <laughs> uh, we're just talking about the 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 use of the brain and like what what your brain chooses to mm-hmm. I don't know it doesn't matter. Anyway, getting anyway, back getting on. getting back to the movie. Um, so uh, yeah, basically. So, they, so in their lab, they have uh, they basically what they do when they bring, when they're bringing these animals back to life, they in, inject them with a serum. They put this like spiky deal into like the temple of the animal, the like uh, temporal lobe. Yeah, and then they and they they very like like Frankensteinish flip a switch of electricity and basically it was very Frankensteinish actually, yeah. mm-hmm. and then bring them back to life by jolting them with electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, well, apparently they have the most defective electrical box on the face of the earth. Um, I have flipped many electrical boxes in my life and, uh, it, I've never worried about having rings or jewelry on to have an electrical shock come through. Yeah. I didn't quite understand how that was supposed to be a thing. Uh, especially when the electrical box, the handle was covered in rubber. 
Wasn't it really yeah. high voltage so, too, though? Still, I have crazy danger, high voltage danger. switches every day at work. You know, I don't flip them every day at work, but like, there's no danger of touching them and turning them on and off. You know, like, yeah, I, 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 I didn't really understand how they were playing that off. I mean, but, I did like there were the first time that they go to do the experiment when they're trying to bring the dog back. Uh, Olivia Wilde's character Zoe, she. Takes, takes her ring she off, takes her ring off her and necklace. she takes her cross necklace off and sets them somewhere else and then she flips the switch is it just like are you supposed to because she she doesn't the next time and then she ends up getting shocked and then the, and then when they're trying to bring her back um Eva is throwing the switch but she's wearing huge rubber gloves yeah I, so is it just maybe the idea that there's a like a not a short but like the switch wasn't properly grounded or something like that. Maybe don't use that switch mm-hmm. then. Right. I, this is this is a medical. This <laughs> like is like there a, should a, be a better this way. This is a giant like school university. <laughs> I I would think that their switches would be grounded. Like, <laughs> but at, at that point though, they weren't supposed to be in the building. That doesn't matter. They were doing it beforehand too. It was the same. Well, it's whether, not like they could whether go, they were whether they were there or not. I don't think they I don't think they got kicked out of the school and then suddenly like ah well just in case they come back we're gonna cut this wire so we no, electrocute that's, someone. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I was addressing like why didn't they not just like why didn't they just not use that room? It's because they kind of had to use that room because that was the one place that they could be to try and recreate their their well, yeah, experiment but, but, that they had but done. But that was the room that that was set up for them when they still had the grant though. Yeah. That's true. That doesn't make any sense. It, it, that I don't was, know. Shit happens. I, my transmission just went out of my car. <laughs> Usually it works. Well, sometimes it doesn't. So, somehow through the 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 modern miracle of freak science, <laughs> I, 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 when they're when they're doing this again, uh, uh, Olivia Wilde's character gets shocked basically yeah. when they're trying to recreate their their experiment. Right. Uh, Olivia Wilde's character gets shocked and. Uh, uh, she did. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, she did. <laughs> she did. Um, and this throws Mark Duplass's character into a spiral, and he will literally do anything to bring her back. So what does he do? Because they were in love. He injects her with his milky white serum, uh, <laughs> sticks a sharp object into her head, and electrocutes her. <laughs> Pretty much sums it up. Sounds like Mike's love life. <laughs> it pretty much comes it up. Um, okay, so. <laughs> oh boy! So um, nobody listens this far into the show. Yeah, so we, have to, we have to put an NC seventeen rating on this. On this episode. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was an episode a while back where you were talking about cum yeah. oozing yes. out of somebody's pores. I think we're all right. <laughs> Oddly enough, I think that was the last time I was here. I'm, was that for the I'm ice cream? Concerned. That was for the ice cream truck episode. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. I think it was. Um. I'm slightly concerned. I don't so think anyway, I, so, I don't think I can so they bring anymore. so they bring Olivia Wilde back to uh, back to life, and this is where this is basically this is the movie. She comes yeah. back, and she is not the same. Right. She starts acting very strange. She's paranoid. She's hearing things, and she has these weird like telekinetic abilities suddenly telekinetic and like uh, and like clairvoyance yeah like she can or, hear um, what they're yeah, pre cognition yeah. and yep. stuff like that yep. it's so pretty... she basically brought like all of the, the, the coolest shit back with her yeah. from from, <laughs> from, from being dead from the beyond um one of I... my favorite scenes from this movie is uh when uh, so so they're the reason that they're back in this lab and they're not supposed to be there is because somebody had set up um uh, what did he call it? Um, what did Nico call it? It was a like a dummy 
a like a dummy bot or something like that. I, it was it was basically recording everything that they were doing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And it turns yeah, out he was spying on them. Basically, yeah, it turns and recording out this, all of their data. It turns out this big pharmaceutical company had been spying on what they were doing, and they were interested in basically taking over all their research so that this this big pharma company swooped in. Big pharma. Big pharma swooped in and bought out their their uh the person who was giving them their grant yeah mm-hmm. now they're the shareholder they walk in ray wise is like this is all ours yeah he's Take like he just like a badass because he walks in, in he says the grant. exactly he says everything that you own is now ours so they snuck back into the lab to recreate their so experiment so that they could prove that it was, that it was them yep. who did it and that's when Olivia Wilde dies. And one of my favorite scenes is when they first bring her back, or they think they're bringing her back, it doesn't work at first. Mm-hmm. And then the security guard is coming down the hallway. And so they all hide behind cabinets and stuff like that. And then the security guard is gone. Everybody kind of breathes a sigh of relief. And then Mark Duplass's character, uh, Frank, looks over at the table and uh, Zoe's body is sitting upright mm-hmm. did she remind you of anything sheet. but with the sheet still mm-hmm. over her it looks so scary and did she like remind fuck. you of anything and maybe this is because i just rewatched it and it was kind of maybe in my head um, she reminded me of the creepy ghost in the very beginning segment of the original creep show that's outside of the kid's window oh. like that the weird ghost with the white veil that's yeah. flowing she's like ah! <laughs> like, like I don't know why. I haven't like, seen it in a long it, time. But... It looked like there was like her, like Olivia Wilde just looked like a corpse, sort of underneath yeah. the blanket, yeah. like before they pulled it off. Right. It was like the, the the shapes that her face was making under the blanket looked very like corpse like. She look. still looked like a corpse even when they pulled it well, off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but she, yeah. Like she looks awful for. I mean, still beautiful, but awful for the rest of this movie. Yeah. But that was one of my favorite scenes. Like she's sitting upright just yep. not moving and everybody's like what the fuck it's yeah. creepy and then he goes over and he pulls the sheet off her and she's still just staring straight ahead and they think she's like brain dead or something mm-hmm. and then he says he he tells them to go grab something and he goes to walk away and she without even looking at him just grabs his wrist and then she slowly looks over at him like with her eyes just mm-hmm. oh <laughs> Oh my gosh! James is breaking the studio. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. She Get looks a scary, tense moment. Now, <laughs> suddenly, you knock your pop stopper off. <laughs> she looks. Over, she looks over at him, and she. Right, give me her she head. looks at it like her eyes are like huge, like huge, yeah. and big she just, fucking eyes, big, big fucking <laughs> eyes, and she uh, and she's just like, was I? Did I just die? I was like, man, that whole and scene yeah. was very chilling. There was, I liked that it was a lot. so loaded when she said that. It was so loaded. It was like. Did I just die? And you could tell that when she said it, she what she really meant is, did you seriously fucking bring me back to life? Yeah. Like, right. That's what she meant by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, she's pissed. She died. Like, let her fucking die. Ooh, I just popped. Let, like, <laughs> let her fucking die, though. Like, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to. You usually come, come at me for it. Um, but when it goes back into where she thinks she was or was while mm-hmm. she was out, I don't know that she was upset that he brought her back. Yeah, I don't think she was pissed either because so she kind of went to... Because you kind of think that at that point until you realize where she believes she was. Right. So you come to realize that she was basically... Uh, when, when After when she had died, what she was experiencing was she was in a hallway in a um, 
an apartment complex and the whole thing's on fire and she sees a little girl at the end of the hall and she's very confused by it and she goes over to a door that has flames coming behind it mm-hmm. and she sees all these black like burnt hands coming out from reaching underneath. out from yeah. under the door yeah. and then and then she gets snapped back to reality mm-hmm. oh there goes gravity um <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she gets snapped back though and and she's brought back to life Uh, I would say that would be the funniest joke or pun that Mike has made on the show in all of 104 now episodes hey man I'm a a late bloomer what can I say Um, well you come to realize this is a lot more important in her life this, this, this moment right but when I mentioned that I have a story about what this was she she basically says to them, um, you know, you were only you were only dead for a matter of minutes, and she goes, no, you don't understand. I was there for years. Oh, I know what you're getting. And to. Um, so this what this reminds me of is when I was younger, I did a lot of really really stupid things. We weren't that young. Uh, well, <laughs> when we were doing this, I said younger, <laughs> younger. Uh, this is this is a good this is a good fifteen years ago. No. I'm looking at Jen because she was around back then. No, because um, the last time oh. you did it was in 2007. So that was oh. well. That was one time way after the fact, and it was oh, a stupid thing to do. We still did it. Yeah, it's it, more than it's probably more fair, than 15 years fair, ago. Fair, fair, but like the, before, the, the before, majority of all before this. Mike explains the rest of this because he's going to. No, I'm uh, not going to tell people how to do it. Yeah, just to I'm dis- not going to. just a disclaimer. Don't try and don't fig- fucking do this. Don't try and figure out how to do this. Because it's very dangerous and very stupid. It's very stupid, but it's pertinent to the to the conversation right, yeah. here. Um, we used to we used to have this big group of party friends or whatever, and and for a very small period of time, we uh, we did this thing called space hopping. I don't know why it has that name, but it's basically when you deprive your brain of uh, circulation and you pass out and. You basically have like a weird experience. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. Yeah, and it's not drugs or anything. It's not it's, drugs. It's, it's all physical. It's literally like you... kind of like flatliners, <laughs> uh, sort of in a yeah. sense. Well, except for um, with, without the drugs. Essentially, and the what happens and the dying and the dying. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's actually literally nothing like flatliners. <laughs> nothing. Shut like up. It. You know what I mean. Essentially, what you're doing though is you're you're basically cutting off circulation to the brain, and it causes you to black out. And the the reason that that I I say that this is like this is because if if when you're passing out, you're basically you're cutting off oxygen to the, or blood flow to the brain or whatever. It's like the beginning parts of your brain no longer working. Your body's shut, literally shutting down. Right. And if you believe the DMT things or whatever, you know, like I've done this mm-hmm. uh, multiple times, stupidly. And the weird thing about when you do this is, when you come out of it, I've literally I was passed out for a matter of maybe ten seconds. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, I came back feeling as though I had just dreamt for days. Mm-hmm. And it's the most bizarre. It's almost like time just slows down mm-hmm. so, so slow. And you experience this full set of of experiences. Like, like it's a full, like, memory's worth of a few days of stuff, the stuff that happened. Yeah. And I don't remember. It's, like, don't, a, it's like an inception when they go... Uh, you know, like where they have in order to get the whole thing done that they're trying to accomplish, they have to go like three or four levels deep yeah, into Inception. Yeah. And they're like, for some of, like for the people who are four levels deep, it's going to feel like you're gone for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so so this happened. So when I'm watching this, though, I go, I 
kind of get that. I've ex- I have literally experienced that before. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're think about, out for a bit. But think about goes, just even regular dreams. Like sometimes it feels like your your dreams, even though you're only asleep, or you might I don't even, remember my dreams. So oh, I yeah I yeah. I mean, like I can take a nap. I can take an hour long nap and. For an hour long nap, you're in REM for maybe 40 minutes. And DMT though is also active when you dream, right? That's which is another reason why I'm on Team DMT. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and I am. Like, that's the thing. Like, I think that, um, and this this also goes to you know, you know what they're saying. Like, when you when you die, your brain is just kind of like firing off, and this you know. I don't know. It's just doing something, and yeah, you're experiencing just, things. You're tapping into like old experiences and. Mm-hmm. But the just, idea of her being there for years when yeah. she was dead for minutes, I was right. only out for 10 seconds. Being dead for minutes would, would literally yeah. feel like years yeah. when, all of a when that happens. And I get out, that. She was probably out for close to 15 minutes, I would say. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I get that. Um, and so it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's yeah. a super bizarre thing. Like I said, don't, don't fucking try that. It's don't, really do dumb. It. It's, don't do it. It is so dangerous and yeah. it is so stupid. Um, and I'm almost embarrassed to admit that I actually did well, it. But I mean, like I said, it's pertinent. It's pertinent to this yeah, conversation. We like all I did can... stupid things when we were younger. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So she she ends up to kind of wrap it back into the story here. She claims that she's been gone for years, and she brings back a lot of shit with her. Mm-hmm. Not only the ability to now, like you know, she's got these crazy powers. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, she's got telekinesis and clairvoyance, precognition. Um, but it's evil. Like, like, like she comes back yeah. evil. Like, there's yeah. something sinister about her. Like, and, and she, it's not right off the bat. It's like it creeps up on her. Like, it's right. get, it gets worse the yeah. longer she is back in this world. So let's let's get into because this movie seems to have been generally kind of panned. Yeah, like a lot of people didn't like it. it. And I like when we ended this movie when like as soon as credits rolled, I go. I looked at you guys. I was like, I don't, I don't think that I ever knew that there was like a heaven and hell demon sort of aspect to this yeah. movie. Yeah. But then as we started talking through it more, we kind of came to the conclusion that there's not. Holy theory, Batman! Holy theory! <laughs> it's there's no, it's not really heaven and hell and demons like that. It definitely comes across as though she has brought hell back with I think her, that's and what she it's supposed ha- to she be. is a demon, or what, I, what, what you're supposed to think it is. Right. Least. Yeah. And it's still, it's kind of left to, left open to interpretation, but our interpretation of it, I think we all agree on it, was that she's not really, she didn't go to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had exactly what what uh, Frank explained earlier in the movie happened to her, like was the DMT in her brain well, was causing kind of an, her to experience kind of, certain things. It's kind of like Flatliners where you have to make amends with what you did, and what right. she did was a bad thing. Right. And then and, her body trying to make amends for it. Right. And so she comes back, and unlike Flatliner, she comes back and not only has these weird visions and stuff, but she's also now the serum that's coursing through her veins and through her, her brain gives her these special abilities. And her brain is also working pretty much at 100%, 100% of the time. Right. So it's all this weird stuff that most humans just don't do. Which which is another myth that we've heard growing up. Like there's the myth that you only use 10% of your brain, but then there's the other myth that there are people who are able to tap into other parts of their brain that most of us can't. Mm-hmm. And they're able to do certain things Crazy like things. telekinesis yeah. and yep. stuff yep. like that. So basically she comes back and her brain's working at... It's not a myth, by the way. It's totally true. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she comes back and her brain is working at 100%. 
and the things that she's able to do coupled with the idea that she truly believes that she just spent years in hell mm-hmm. make her come across demonic in a way. Yeah. But our theory was just that, and spoilers by the way, our theory was just that she now suddenly has all these powers. She's very confused. She was brought back from the dead where she thought that she was in hell for years. Mm-hmm. And essentially she's just kind of going on a rampage yeah thinking think, thinking crazy. that there's thinking that there's sins not only sins to atone for but there's also people in her life who are trying to keep her from um like she can she comes back and one of the things she can do or at least one of the things she thinks she can do is read minds yeah and so which i i, I guess I, I get the, the sense exact that same thing at the exact same time as those were some of the cog, those were some of the parts that freaked me out yeah. the most and there's a there's a couple scenes where the people are talking to her and then she starts saying the same things that they're saying at the mm-hmm. same time as them and then they'll stop talking and she'll finish their sentences. Mm-hmm. So like kind of the conclusion that we came to is there's no heaven and hell aspect. It's literally just the DMT and uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was well, I getting that at? that combined with the serum that they've put in her is literally like she comes out of it disoriented and she's got these powers now and she's so confused that she's literally just kind of going crazy mm-hmm. right and even there's a there's a scene where she seemingly well she does she she pulls eva into her nightmare mm-hmm. but it makes sense that you know it's not it's not really a dem- demonic force that's acting upon eva it's the fact that zoe now has the brain power to be able to, if she has precognition and she has telepathy, it she stands to reason yeah. that she can kind of get into another person's head and kind of fuck with what yeah, is going yeah. on there. She can kind of impose her own will on right. her brain, basically, right. yeah. So that, I think I think once we got to the end of the movie and I was like, I didn't know that there was like a, a demon aspect to this movie. And then we started to talk about it and we realized that it's probably not actually what was yeah. going on. I actually liked the movie a lot more. yeah. After I, like after having talked about it for fifteen minutes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I liked about the the movie too is I expected it to leave the I expected it to leave the university, like them take her home, and when she's at home is when she starts getting all weird and yeah. this and that. Like, but no, it's like when the movie goes back and they do their experiment back when they break into the the school, uh, it's it stays there mm-hmm. and it moves at a pretty rapid pace. Mm-hmm. Like it never really died down. Like it kept, you know, going, going, going. And I thought that was a, a strong point of the movie. I but really was, don't. I, I read a couple, I, a couple of reviews where said people it said it slow. was at a snail's pace, no, and I was wasn't. like, no, not at all. No, I, I, it actually moves along pretty good. These are the same people that probably throw bitch fits for every horror movie that comes out because this isn't scary. Like House House of the Devil took too long to get yeah, to the yeah, points. Yeah. Like you don't understand what a slow burn is, you dick. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I liked this movie. No, I did, I did. Yeah, I, I did too. too. I thought this it was actually, really this, cool. This could have been a good candidate for a bad brew episode had we realized how pan this was when it first came out. Yeah. But yeah. Like, but, but we really enjoyed it. I don't. I really do not understand the hate that this movie gets. I, would I like, don't get it. I would like to sit down with a person who hated it and start talking about these theories because you know. People don't. People don't always think. Uh, not to say that we're, not to say that we're amazing, 
critical thinkers or anything like that. <laughs> but a lot of people take movies for face value. Yeah, yeah, because they're dumb dumbs. And, and people don't always watch <laughs> people don't always watch movies with a group of friends where they sit and talk for an hour and think critically about every aspect of the plot. Yeah. So I'd like to sit down with somebody who hated this movie and talk through some of these points and mm-hmm. actually see. If they I would think, come out the other side liking it more. I think a lot of things that we were seeing were in her head. Like when her hand is getting like veiny mm-hmm. and turning cold. And then you flash out of it and her husband's looking at her and it's not there. Or her face doubling in the mirror and that's not really there. That was a pretty effective trope. Like, that that's, was really cool. That's a, yeah. that's a horror trope that is, sometimes it works, sometimes but it, it doesn't. Cool. But it worked in this movie. And then in the, I agree. in the end when you think something's happening and it's not... I don't think that girl ever left that other room. I think that was all kind of in her head. Whoa, which part? When she was going after <clears throat> Ava, was that her name? Yeah. In the in the very end. The very end, like yeah. the part you rewatched. Yes. Yeah. I don't think Ava ever left the oh, first no. room. Oh no! Yeah. No, I agree. Because that's agree. where you see her at the very very end. So She's to, still in that room. Okay, so to wrap it up, like at the at the very end, do you kind of get the sense then that Zoe, because Everybody in the movie, whether or not they died, who knows? <laughs> but Watch at the at the very end, you see all the characters gathered in one room. Do you think that Zoe was like one by one, one by one, yeah. planning probably. to probably yeah. absolutely? Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna spoil it too much, but yeah. I can't wait for the. <laughs> you probably get the point. I want. I can't wait for the sequel. You know the the Lazarus paradox or whatever the fuck <laughs> they call it. The Lazarus continuum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or the Lazarus effect continuum. Yeah. Overall, though, I, I actually really liked it, and I yeah. I think that uh, people should give it a chance for sure. I agree. Yep. And it's, agree. it's on Netflix, too, so check it out. Um, all right, so next month is September. Yes. And that's when we, we, we will be starting uh, our next episode in September. Mm-hmm. September, if you don't know, is the birthday month of... One Stephen King. One Stephen King, the king uh, of horror. We mentioned this uh, a couple episodes ago that we were thinking about doing a whole Stephen King month, and uh, gosh darn it, we're gonna do it. Dag nabbit. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> even though we understand that this episode releases on the second, we are recording it on the thirtieth. Um, so that goes by recording date, not release date, yeah. because. It's our show, and we can make up the rules. Yeah. So, so just back off. So, <laughs> so, uh, so all of our all of our options for our our dice roll because we don't have our wheel of death yet. It's maybe, coming. Maybe I it's promise. just maybe it's just going to be an ongoing joke that the wheel of death will never be constructed. <laughs> but for our dice roll, we've kind of uh, crafted all the options to be Stephen King centric. Yes. So so, so once again, it's movie movie picks the beer, beer picks the movie. Those are the first four options, two of each. You have bad brew. A compare contrast episode, actor spotlight, director spotlight, a top ten, and a retrospective. Yes, sir. So. All of them are uh, Stephen King centric, as you said. So uh, let's roll here and see what we get. And we rolled a number six. All right. Which, so uh, compare contrast. Oh yeah. So I'm actually kind of excited about this. Now we have to we have to figure something out though. Yeah. So the, the compare contrast movies that we have lined up here are uh, the old 1990s miniseries It. Yes. And the new it yes however the new it is just part one right so should we do just part one of the original series and compare when the they're two? kids yes and then later on in like a year or whatever when the next one comes out we'll do part two yeah we'll do a continuation of this and we'll do part two of the miniseries 
part two of the movie series. Yes. That's a good idea. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I like I that. Like it. It works. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be doing uh, Young Children in the miniseries. We'll be doing Young Children. <laughs> please. Oh, my please. God. Yeah. Another way. Re- restate that statement, please. We will be doing the original miniseries, but just the children portion of it from the 90s, and we'll also be doing the new it for next week's episode. Yes. So Stay tuned for that. Very excited about that. Also, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, <laughs> Instagram, and Facebook at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on the Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. We are also on Google Play and iTunes and all of your other third-party apps. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Give us, give let, us some. Let us, uh, in the rating, many, in the rating, let us know how many. Uh, how many minutes you would flatline for? Oh, I, I would that. do. I would do a minute twenty. Yeah, I would go at least like maybe eight years. I would go eight, eight years, years one minute. I'd go eight years fifty minutes. I would go nine. nine <laughs> I would go nine years. I would walk out of the room and not resuscitate. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. If you want to find J Rod, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording. And I'm also going to throw a little plug out there. If you guys are recording your own music, you need to check out my online mixing and mastering services at OceanRecordingStudio.com. It's as easy as uploading your files with our uploader, choosing a package that fits your project, and receiving your high-quality mixed and mastered songs in as soon as 24 hours. So if you're doing your own recording but looking for that professional polished sound, no-brainer. Easy to use, great prices, fast turnaround. Boom! Turns out we are sponsored by Ocean Recording Studio. No. Yeah. <laughs> Just today. Uh, yeah, that's it. that's it. If you want to find uh, Roommate Jen, you can find her on Twitter at Roommate yeah, Jen. Jen. You can also find her in the maternity ward. <laughs> in about four and a half months. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah? Yep. All right. All right. Well, cheers, boys. Good night, gentlemen. Good night, people. And lady. And always remember, debtor is wetter. Oh, Oh, no. Gross. (laughs) Try to have a good night.